welcome to episode two of the Espouse Podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Jade. All right. It is Saturday night. It is Saturday night. Podcast today is brought to you by Sellerman's. I don't know where it went, but uh, it is Sellerman's Princess Shelf Jockey. Yep. It's pretty good. I haven't tasted it yet, but you guys have. Global award-winning mead. It's a mead, yeah. Look it up. Google. Good old Hazel Park. Hmm. Visit it, nine and a half and John R. Nine and a half and John R. Today we're joined by our special guest, John Walters. What's up, John? Not a whole lot, but I am uh, kind of surprised that I was asked to do this podcast uh, a few weeks ago by Jade, <laughs> and I asked her why, and she goes, "Because I think you're interesting." Yeah, Mike. I don't know. Uh, you're an interesting dude. John Walters is a geographic information systems analyst. Hashtag geologist. Hashtag geologist. Hashtag environmental scientist. Environmental scientist and uh, a mountain man. He's a man of the wilderness, and I love it. So, uh, yeah, man, you're an interesting dude. So, well, um, glad someone does. Glad someone thinks I'm interesting. I think you're a great guy. Uh, I've known you for quite a long time. I would say uh, we were talking about uh, how long, like ten years, right? Ten years. Ten years. I think it's been ten years. I was trying to think today. Was it like 2012? Well, I mean, uh, Liam came to Dade's birthday party. So Liam is uh, John's son, who uh, is uh, that's how I met you. You were um, his bas- basketball coach. Yeah, I, yes. I, I had tr- I I, uh, I was asked to coach basketball. Um, because, you know, coaching is a very hard thing to get volunteers to do, yeah. uh, especially in youth sports. And uh, I think uh, one of the prices asked me if I wanted to coach, and I said, sure. Um, at that time, Dade was into basketball, so I decided to get a team together, and your son was at the tryouts. And he was phenomenal. <laughs> right. He was a great player. And I was like, man, him and Dade running the offense would be phenomenal. And so that's what happened. But uh, I was looking at pictures. You, uh, uh, Liam was actually at a at a birthday party. Yeah, first grade. Yeah, it was like first grade. That's at where you. Had oh wow! Yeah. Wow! Yeah, you had to invite it, everybody of the class because nobody we didn't want to offend anybody. <laughs> well, it's like <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's the whole like if you're going to send invitations to school, you have to invite everyone. Yeah. So Dade's other friend um, Zach Fox had a birthday party the same day, so I was like, perfect. Half the kids will go there. Half will come to dates and it'll be great. Well, Zach Fox wanted to come to dates, so he canceled his party <laughs> and everybody came. So then people were dropping their kids off. So I had like 35 first graders, you know, and younger because we had, you know, a couple cousins there. So, yeah, but I found the picture the other day and I was going to, uh, you know, take a picture. But, you know, Liam's not a fan of those pictures <laughs> being spread around. He's so not a like, fan oh. of what pictures? The throwbacks? Yeah, the throwback well, pictures. Well, he's 16 years old. What do you yeah. expect? He, right. You know, he's always been a 16-year-old, yeah. according to him. Oh, know? is that right? Yeah. yeah. They know it all. Yeah, they, they got it all yeah, figured he, out. Yeah, he sure it. does. <laughs> they all do. Yeah. They all do. I did. I remember that. I remember being that age. I knew everything. And then you get older and you... You're like, damn. You realize I, you know nothing. You right. didn't. Yeah, you look at what your parents told you and the things they told you and places they told you to go and everything, and uh-huh. you're like, hmm, should have listened to them. Well, that's that's one thing that I've learned since switching uh, jobs to my geographic information systems position is I basically I sit behind a computer all day and mm-hmm. manage geographic data, make maps, and those sorts of things. Right. I know almost nothing about computers. 
And that's it's every yeah. day I'm reminded of how little I know, but I know enough that I'm very good at my job. I can do do the work for what I need to get done. Thank God for Google and YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's yeah. If I can't figure something out, yeah. I just Google it. Yeah. A lot of my a lot of the stuff I do, like uh, art wise, is self taught from YouTube. Like I'll go on YouTube, like, oh, how do I take this layer and copy the layer to this uh, and rent, you know, anything. Mm -hmm. And so I'll Google it and boom, there it'll be a video and I watch the video and then I learn. I'm more of a hands-on guy anyway. Mm -hmm. that, that's how I am with Excel. I'm Cause you know, you know what you want it to do, but you're like, what is the formula or macro or what if, or whatever equals I need to figure out. Yes. And then it's like, okay, here's the macro to do what I need to do. And then you yeah. have it forever. I'm like, thank you, YouTube. Yeah. Fantastic. I've had to do that with Excel also. Yeah. I, I use YouTube for a lot of things. Uh, I had a problem with my uh, F-150 truck one time. Um, it, it I was taking Dade to school when he went to um, John Foster Dulles, and we were going down, um, what's that road? Is that Bridgetown? Yeah, Bridgetown. Bridgetown. We were going down Bridgetown, and then all of a sudden my truck just stopped in the middle of the road, wouldn't go, wouldn't turn on, nothing. I was like, what the fuck is going on? We're out in the middle of the road. What do you do? <laughs> Your kid's right there. I'm like, oh, should I walk? So anyway, I ended up, it was a throttle body, so it wasn't getting gas to the fuel injectors. Mm -hmm. It was sticking. So I had to YouTube how to change my okay. throttle body, and it's a, it was like a $300 part. So you could only imagine how much, if I took it to a dealer, they were going to, Oh yeah, you know what's the well, word the, I should use? <laughs> Not rate me for jam it. You up. Yeah, yeah. Jam me up for, you know, it probably would have been a seven, $800 fix. Yeah. And I did it for, you know, the price of the part. Yeah. Well, I had in my Ultima where my headlight went out, my driver's side headlight. And, uh, I didn't know how to change it. And it was like kind of blocked in by the, um, plastic thing that goes from the radiator to the air filter. And I'm like, how am I supposed to get it? And then the, the batteries behind it. I'm like, how am I supposed to change this? So I called the dealer and they're like, yeah, you can come in. Um, I'm like, well, how much will it cost? And he goes, about $115. I'm like, to yeah. put a new bulb in my headlight? Yeah. He goes, yeah, it's 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 labor intensive. I'm like, oh, okay. So Don't you uh, love engineers? Yeah. So Making a labor intensive to change <laughs> a light bulb? No, well, so I Google it and they go, oh, yeah, you just pop this plastic thing off and you can reach right in and do it. And I'm <laughs> okay. like, what? So, so I went to AutoZone. I paid a dollar for the light bulb, brought it home. Googled it again so that I remember because it was before I had a cool phone that I could mm -hmm. do it right at the car. Yep. Come back out, use the screwdriver, unpopped it, put it in, and all I had to do was drive against the wall to make sure that it wasn't reflecting up or down. Yeah. It for me, who's never done it before, took me ten minutes off well, of a Google. I'm like that was a very very labor intensive oh, job. It was 115 dollars <laughs> worth of labor I just did. I'm well, you do have to be really careful on those YouTube videos though, because. I had an issue with my car changing the headlight bulb. So I open the hood and I'm looking in there and I'm like, oh, geez, how do I get to this thing? So I Google it and get these YouTube videos and like probably four or five uh, videos come up on how to change the bulb on a Chevy Equinox. Right. So I watched the first video and the guy jacks up the car <laughs> what? Jacks pulls, up the car to pull, change the light? Pulls the wheel well apart. <laughs> what? And I'm sitting there like, oh my God, I don't want to have to do that. And so I watch another video. Was he changing the light though? He was just video? changing the light bulb. Through the, you had to go the, in through the, the wheel. You had to go in through the wheel well. So I so I watched the next Holy shit. I watched the next video and the guy goes, It's very easy. Turn your wheel all the way to the right. Get it? There's a 
there's a port with a star nut. Make sure you have a star nut driver. Do what you probably undo didn't. it. Undo it. Well, I actually I did. You did. Luckily, I, yeah. And I was like, I didn't realize I had that port right there for to right. change the bulb. It took two minutes. But still, well, well, but that, but so, but at least I watched that second video. I didn't right. follow the advice of that first guy. So you got to be real careful right. with what you're watching. Maybe he just had a really fat arm and couldn't like. Yeah, turn but when it you think right about it, like you're designing a car and they're like, oh, we'll just make people have to go in through the wheel well to replace the light bulb. Like, what sense does that make? There's a lot of things that well, you see. I was like, telling John that my dad had a 1984 Toyota van and the engine was underneath the driver's seat. So oh, yeah. to get to it, you had to like open the driver door and then you lift the seat up and it would flip backwards. And then it had like a tie that attached to the side and you would work on the motor yeah. from the driver's side. Well, a lot of those conversion vans are like that, like the big conversion vans, the, oh, the engines right like in between. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. like in between. The ones that have the small hood, any vehicle's got a small so hood. So side like note, that. what do you think of that Sellerman's little alcoholic taste? It look it, it tastes a lot. A, it tastes a lot like a dry wine to me, which I like dry wine. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, I'm not real familiar with the mead and that. I've right. never had it before. Yeah. And I'm not. I am not a drinker. No, I know <laughs> so, that. That's why I was. I was surprised when you said I'm I'll not, take some. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Right. You know, just a little bit. Just to, yeah. You know, I don't. I don't mind it, but it is. Yeah, we it's very a, good. Uh, we did a bourbon tour. Uh, was it this summer? Yeah, like last summer. Yeah, my me and my brother-in-law went on a bourbon tour. Oh, and a we lot got of, it for you guys for Father's Day. Okay, Father's Day last year. So we did a bourbon tour down down in Kentucky, mm-hmm. and we went to, like, um, Maker's Mark, places like that, and it was like that. You would have a bunch of bourbon set up, and they would tell you, you know, this is a dry bourbon. So when you said dry, yeah, you yeah. Can, for sure. It was cool, though, but it's, you know, by the end of that, you're feeling, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> What's the alcohol percentage on this? Uh, it's I don't it's even pretty know. high. Is it? Yeah, yeah, usually on these meads, they're high. Like, this is well, 14%. Okay. Yeah, so, is... like, with um, my sister was telling me with this one, uh, normally you can go and you can, like, do tastings, and they're normally just, like, a dollar, like, $3 or something. And um, she actually did a tasting of this, and it was $30. Wow. Yeah, but it was a shot, wasn't it? Yeah, it's like she mad like it was she got in there and it was 30 bucks and they got a shot. You know, like a flight, you know, they have, like, the small, when you do, like, a sample flight. And it's like a bunch lined up and they're only like this much in there, like an ounce or whatever. She was like, I feel like you should give someone the heads up before you pour them an ounce of alcohol and then tell them it's 30 bucks. For 30 bucks, it, yeah. Right. She goes, you know how many bottles of meat I could have bought for that? I'm like, that's true. Yeah, there's the, uh, so the Sellermans that we got, there's a mead company called Bee Nectar. Uh, they're based in Ferndale, Michigan, and they have this mead called Zombie Killer. And uh, her sister introduced me to mead, which is... Um, like Game of Thrones. I think yeah. they drink mead in, in, in the mm-hmm. old times. And um, so she brought me this zombie killer, and it was phenomenal. But you could only get it at Jungle Gyms down here. But, like, you know, it's really good. So I got introduced in it, and then okay. I just get a bunch of mead. Like, and- like this uh, Bee Nectar just released one called Dragons Are Real. <laughs> and I wanted to get some before the first episode of Game of Thrones mm-hmm. so that me and Jade could have a drink of Dragons Are Real and, you know, get all into the Game of Thrones start because people were a little crazy for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, John, um, like, do you want to talk a little about, uh, like, what geology is um, for people who maybe aren't clear, not very sciencey? exactly like what geology is and, and what someone who is a geologist would do in like a day-to-day job? Uh, just to put it simple, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, geology would be study of the earth, geo, earth, right. ology, science. Right. Um, and then it's broken up into many disciplines. I was 
you know, am environmental geologist. You have volcanologists study volcanoes, sedimentologists who study sediments. Really? Uh, you have, um, yeah. It's pretty deep. I, I didn't know <laughs> I that. Already, so I'm, I'm getting ten, informed. We're 10 minutes in and I've already learned new things. Yeah. Like, I've heard of volcanologists before, a but sedi- like I didn't. A sedimentologist? Yeah. yeah. So wow. would they be person, like if I had a question about like bedrock and whatnot, mm-hmm. like I would talk to them. Because that's a sedimentary rock. And then you have your other, you have your uh, metamorphic rocks and your your uh, igneous, and uh, then you have volcanic igneous and I'm plutonic igneous. I'm flashback seventh grade right now. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like uh, when I was when stuff. I was in high school, I was super intrigued by uh, fossils and dinosaurs and like mm-hmm. the excavations of those. When you would watch those videos in high school, and but that's our that would be a that'd be a paleontologist. Oh. Paleontologist, but, yeah, but it's very closely. Related. But I used to collect rocks. Mm-hmm. I used to collect rocks. I used to, um, you know, you would find certain rocks and you would think that something was in them. And I, I remember, I literally remember finding a rock in my mom's woods one time and taking a day and a half to break it open. And when I opened it, there was crystal inside mm-hmm. of it. And it was just a shape of a rock that you could tell something might be in there. And it wasn't solid. It was the craziest thing ever. I think she still got it in her woods. But And you, you grew up. Nearby, right? Yeah, like yeah. right, right, right over uh, um, by St. Dominic over there in Delhi. Okay. So. Yeah, what you were seeing when you broke open that rock would have been calcite crystals. Our uh, rocks around here are flagstones or um, limestone. Really? And which is made of calcium carbonate. Uh-huh. Calcite is the mineral. And those crystals were were calcite crystals. Dude, that's so awesome. And uh, yeah, so um, around the Cincinnati area, is world famous for its fossils. Most okay. places you go, you're not going to find a fossils in rocks. Around right. here, you can't find a rock without fossils in that it. That is true. That is true. Because <laughs> like this that. was there 450 million years ago. This was a shallow sea, and you know, a, you know, like kind of like the uh, Bahamas, okay. you know, Caribbean area, and with right. a lot of life in the um, water. Right. And uh, so that's. That's why our rocks were created in that similar type of environment like that. Dude, that's so awesome. A lot of, you know, you have your, your rivers bringing sediment. Like right. the Missis- you know, the Mississippi River brings mm-hmm. all the sediment to the Gulf of Mexico. Where there's right. rocks being formed in the Gulf of Mexico right now right. with all that sediment that's being brought in. No kidding. So you would need and, a sedimentologist would study that. Exactly. <laughs> would they be able to be able to pinpoint like where, because you know how the dirt would flow down, right? Would they be able to say like this rock has origins in this area to know how far it traveled or? Yeah, th- they could tell by, deep? by the uh, minerals and uh, sand, sand grains and that. They could tell, you know, maybe where that this origin was for that, that uh, sediment. Uh, I remember when I was on field camp out in South Dakota. What's field camp, by the way? Geology field camp. Yeah, I so went out with the University of Akron. I went to Northern Kentucky University, got my geology degree there, but we had to do a field camp uh-huh. out with, and Northern Kentucky didn't have a field camp um, that they had that they did. But in order to graduate, I had to go on one to so, another school. So, oh, okay. So you could have went anywhere, but you chose Akron. I chose the University of Akron because it looked like the coolest one. Oh, nice! And it was cool. We had a great time. Really? Where'd uh, you go? We went to, uh, drove straight through to. Well, we stopped in Iowa first night, then we went to South Dakota, Black Hills. Yes. And then we went to the 
Um, I'm sorry, the Badlands first. Badlands. Then the Black Hills. Then after that, we went to north central Wyoming to the Bighorn Mountains and the Bighorn Basin. And then from there, we went to Yellowstone, Grand Teton, and then traveled back across central Wyoming to the Seminole Mountains, which no one's ever heard of because no one's ever been there. So this was <laughs> That's like, a hell of a trip. Yeah, I was going to say, so is this like a two-week-long trip? This was over a month, five weeks, really? something like that. Holy shit. Yeah. Like, so it was it's my all fir- college kids. Yeah, it was my first time out west, first time crossing the Mississippi River. It was it was a eye opening. How old were you? Twenty one, twenty or twenty one. Nice. It, it was just. Did you guys was, have like a charter bus? Sorry. No, we took three three conversion vans with the engine underneath. The <laughs> underneath the front, <laughs> we were just talking it about nice. And so our, there wasn't a lot of students in. There was twenty something of us. Okay, thirty Man, maybe. That's, a, that's an experience you'll it, never forget. Oh, I yeah, I cherish it. Yeah. It was it was great. And I learned so much and it just really, it kind of helped mold me into the person that you I are. am now with yeah. wanting to travel. Because before that, you know, I grew up in the family where we never went anywhere, never traveled. Right. If I went to Indianapolis, it felt like it was the other end of the earth. Right. And I just thought that was so far away. And now I, Indianapolis is almost a commute. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, I see where you go, man. You go all over. So it's did insane. your love for like geology um, stem from childhood? Like when you were growing up, were you just a kid who was always like at the creek or like always just fascinated I, by rock I formations really, or the land in general? Thinking back um, to when I really got interested in science, I probably have to give credit to my dad because we would go into the field Behind our house, we uh, I lived for a little while in Forest Park, okay. and there was they were doing construction behind behind our house, and there'd be um, so they rocks, digging up a lot di- of dirt, and digging up like, the foundations yeah, for the houses, like right? And we would go and look at the rocks and pull up the fossils, and and, so and you, we had a guidebook. And, oh, okay, and yeah, we, were, we, we were identifying them. Oh, and then like for science fair projects, I would I would that's what I do a fossil collection. I remember in third grade third or fourth grade i got second place i think a volcano beat me (laughs) but but i just had to just i had all the different um had this little tray and i had Mm -hmm. each fossil identified and and that's like i said we're so lucky around here with with our fossils yeah and if you're into that kind of stuff, it's a great place. Yeah, I've actually found, um, out, uh, my grandpa, um, lives out in Sardinia. Well, he passed away now, but, uh, growing up, we used to go out to Sardinia out there, uh, Brown County. It's a a lot of flat land, a lot of fields Mm -hmm. and uh, arrowheads everywhere. Okay. You find arrowheads. So, you know, Brown County, Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. Brown County, Ohio. Yeah. So I've actually got probably about five or six in a bin somewhere in this house of a bunch of arrowheads that we just found walking the land. Yeah. I'm learning so much, so much new stuff because I'm not from here. Right. right? So like I'm from Michigan. So like, I didn't know that this used to be like, I know about the Great Lakes. Mm-hmm. Your whole life just pounded about how great the Great Lakes you, are and the, all types of things about the Great Lakes. The Great Lakes are amazing. You know, we went up there for our family vacation this past year, and I'd only been up that way to Michigan a few times, and I've been to um, uh, Isle Royale yeah. up there um, a couple years ago or a few years ago. And But this past summer, we did the family trip up to 
Mackinac Island mm-hmm. and uh, Traverse City and that whole area up there. It's, it's beautiful. I tell you what, that yeah. view of Lake Michigan from Sleeping Bear Dunes right. is one of the most gorgeous views I've ever seen. I've seen some pretty freaking awesome views, and that was one of the prettiest. Yeah, I yeah. get to see your views through your Instagram. <laughs> What's your Instagram, to... by the way? It's uh, at, at J-Dubba the Hut. J-Dubba the Hut. Yeah. yeah. Spell that for people in case they want to follow you. It's J-D-U-B-B-A. Yeah, I just remember that part. Jay Dubba. I, I, I have to look it up because I don't. I should have told you ahead of time. Yeah. Put it down. But, yeah, but. You know, people might uh, want to follow you and see all these pictures because I'm always interested. You and uh, your buddy Rocky are always going on some trips. <laughs> uh, yeah, when um, when I was growing up, every summer we used to go up there and uh, we would cabrew and we would end at, uh, we you would uh, cabrew through Sleeping Bear Dunes and you would end up in Lake Michigan. Mm-hmm. And then that's where they would pick you up. But, like, climbing Sleeping Bear Dunes and all the stories behind, like, the dunes and, the, like, why they're called Sleeping Bear Dunes. Just all, you know, since uh, Michigan is just full of, like, indigenous peoples, there's so many stories behind every, like, formation mm-hmm. in Michigan about something. Like, yeah. why it was formed or why it's there. And mm-hmm. um, so that's, I know a ton about Michigan. So uh, I listened to your podcast that you had before that you had sent me where you're talking about Ohio, but still, like, for me, I didn't know that this used to be, like, an, a sea, like the Caribbean. Like, I had no idea. Well, yeah, the uh, this the sea here, 450 million years ago. Right. The features you're seeing up in Michigan, uh, like with the dunes and all that, that's mm-hmm. been formed in the last 20,000 years. So, right. basically, in a blink of the eye, blink, blink of an eye in geological right. terms. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, there's. I'm not real familiar with um, Michigan geology. I've never really studied it a whole lot. But you know, the, the Great Lakes are are a, are a uh, result of the glaciation, the continental glaciers. Yeah, we used to when we took vacations, we always just stayed in Michigan. So we would go to like um, Muskegon, you know, and that's on the west side, and we would be swimming in Lake Michigan. Um, there was one where we did like a campground tour and we ended in Copper Harbor um, all the way up in the UP. Oh, yeah. And that was amazing because I had never seen copper mines before in my life. And they're like natural, you know, well, you know, they're all natural. But it's like you don't when you're looking at a penny or whatever, you're not thinking like this. There's a cave around here somewhere like where a mi- mineral has been mined out. Yeah, like yeah. S- like down the street, like right. the, where those people live. It's like, yeah, they mine those pennies up the street. Like it's not the pennies, but you know, it's in like, Michigan? yeah, yeah, they have giant copper mines up there. And like you would walk up and you could like look in the mines and it's all green from where the copper is mm-hmm. like oxidized. And it was just amazing. Yeah. It was something that I had never seen before in my life, but it was right. like going to Michigan, like they have elk and they have like all types of things. Like uh, um, my sister wanted to go on vacation this year to like paint it rock and like uh, yep. essentially cabrew through there. You know, and I was like, that would be amazing vacation. Plus, if you have kids who are like, for me, last time we went to the ocean, there was some very sketchy days that I thought we were going to die in the water because it was like marine life, but the water was so e- like yeah. eerily still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, like the, well, the when the purple flags up, it's like active marine life. And it would be uh, the day we actually went out. It was right after that hurricane hit down there. It yeah. was, I forget what hurricane And the water was. was super flat. Yeah. And it was like It was ominous. murky too. So it was cloudy. You couldn't Ooh. see anything. And, and you would was, just feel. 
it was like super yeah, ominous. Yeah. I'm like, we're gonna die today. Like yeah, the shark we, is going. We to walked eat. out and then literally we're like, yeah, no, this isn't working. But I feel walk. like with the Great Lakes, you can get that same sort of ocean experience. Yes. Without worrying about jellyfish and sharks and all types of crazy marine life that can like impact you. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people understand that from Cincinnati yeah, like my or down brother, here who haven't haven't uh, my taken a trip up there. Um, he uh, cold water surfs on Lake Michigan because the waves are so big during yeah. the winter. So they have like special things. And it's like something that I think just think is amazing. That, that nature is cool. Can do. Well, we were trying to decide last summer, do we want to go to actually, we um, booked a room at Hilton head, mm-hmm. which I'd been there before. Wasn't excited about it. I don't want to go South in the in the summer. Yeah. Only gets hotter. And then I, I said, well, why don't we go up North of Michigan and, and uh, that was the best decision we ever made. Yeah. I think Michigan gets a bad rap. Along yeah. the, yeah, well, it's Detroit. Every, the, you you say, Detroit, yeah. yeah. You say Michigan, people are like, oh, it's slummy, it's ghetto, and that's all you think about. But then you look at the commercials on TV where it's uh, Tim pure the Tool Michigan. Man Taylor, like yeah. pure Michigan, and, you know, you see those those um, those pictures, and it's like, it's amazing yes. landscape, and the water is just so clear. And Like it's during like, the man. summer, everybody goes up north. Right. Like you go, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, we're going up north. Right. And mm-hmm. everybody knows what you mean. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got a cabin up north. You go and you drive through four hours up north to your cabin and you know uh even like during the winter my aunt and uncle live in Hoden lake so they have like tip up town and you're like what are you doing this weekend oh we're going to tip up town you know and it was just always everybody was always going north yep. like i never so like things that when i moved here think like i never heard of gatlinburg like no one went to Gatlinburg. I wish I hadn't heard of it. Yeah. What? Like, I never heard it. of Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg's awesome. Yeah, when people was talking about like, let's go to Gatlinburg. I'm like, mm, we went there. I'm like, mm, like you're not like Gatlinburg. I'm just curious. <laughs> Do I have to say? <laughs> it's like a giant. I, I actually was track. thinking about Gatlinburg yeah. today. I was like, man, you know, because this year we're not taking a vacation. And I thought it would be cool to take a trip to Gatlinburg and rent like a cabin out in the woods, you know, where we're like glamping. But you're in the woods, like mm-hmm. you know. I don't know how it looks. I feel like I would be fires. more excited if we went to. Um, remember when we were driving down to Hilton Head and we went past? We stopped at that place that had like the zip lines and the canoe. Oh yeah, and yeah, the, yeah. Like, yeah. The I mountain. Feel like- it was like on a mountain, and it was like you're at the they they. It was at the bottom of the mountain, and it was like uh, I don't. You like got an on adventure. a bus. Yeah, you yeah. would get on a school bus. You would have all your rafts on top of the school bus. Everybody who were going to, was going down would have helmets on, and you would just go up to the top of this mountain, and then you would get in your raft, and you would whitewater raft down the mountain. However, when we were there, we stopped in, literally on the way back, there was a fucking rescue helicopter. I was like, oh, somebody just died on the mountain, <laughs> yeah. and we're about to do a trip and bring the boys and do this. Like, it, and it was, a, it was a, for sure, red and white lifeguard helicopter going right. to save somebody. Wow. So when you bring that up, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah. You're that's like, all maybe, I think about is maybe like maybe not. I don't want to yeah. die. But I would <laughs> but like to go to fun. Yeah. I would like to go to Michigan for a like a weekend. If we could yeah. do like a Thursday to a Monday, since you know we're not taking the actual. All I've seen here. is Detroit. So you know when you talk about the the rap that Detroit and Michigan gets, you'll see a lot of my uh, crap talk and my chirping. Yeah, is about their roads. Is about every bombed out building up there. You know when you so go you, up there, you've only all... been to Detroit. You've never been anywhere else in Michigan. Never. Oh no, well, you need to get them up there. Yeah. So when so he hates Michigan. In case you can't tell. No, him. I like, hate no Detroit matter, Red Wings. No matter what I, <laughs> no matter what I tell him, he just has the same opinion. So when my mom passed away, um, 
his mom and dad and he was coming up for it so i booked a hotel in st Clair shores which is right on lake st Clair, and i'm like they'll see it and they'll see how like fantastic it is oh well i forgot it's like mayfly season during that time so oh, no. it was nothing but like a zillion mayflies yeah so going it like the whole side of the building it looked like the cicadas when yeah. the cicadas oh, hit no. here and it's it's everywhere it was all mayflies and you come outside and then they like, look like mosquitoes too by the way yeah they're pretty and nasty and yeah like took a picture because there was like one in the car with us that made it inside the car and i was like this did not work out because it's only over there like if you're in detroit there's no mayflies but if you go close to the water there's a million of them and mm-hmm. i was like oh fuck i messed that up <laughs> <laughs> but it would have been nice no but we go to uh where do we go holden lake is it holden no no, where do we go? With your brother. Oh, to the island. Yeah, what is that? Harson's Island. Harson's Island. That's nice. Like, that's really nice. There's a bunch of, it's like. um. It's in Lake St. Clair. Canada's like, like across the channel. Yeah, it's okay. like, it's like a canal. Yeah, it's a channel, but it's like these big the fr- ass freighters, freighters come through. Oh, and they're okay. huge. Okay. And it's like when you're sitting down, the waves that come behind that are just don't go all the way up to the oh, shore. Because wow. they come from the yeah. ocean and then they go down the St. Lawrence Seedway. Yep. And then they just come through the Great Lakes to like mm-hmm. get to Chicago or to drop stuff off at Detroit. So when they come through, because they weigh so much, like they suck all the water down. Yeah. Mm. And then as they pass, the water will push up. So yeah. we were all just hanging out because um, it was my nephew's first yeah. birthday. And, um, there's a dock that takes you out and we're just standing around talking and all of a sudden this giant wave comes, goes completely over the dock. Chairs are floating up top of the shore. (laughs) Tables, a picnic table was floating. Yeah, we were in a picnic table, like wiped out the picnic table, everybody. So it knocks my sister-in-law over. She loses her phone. Yeah. Right? Then, so this is like uh, August, right? Then in like July, a guy calls her and says, I found your phone on the beach and it works. A year later. A year later. A year, a year later. later. So it went through a Michigan winter. Yeah. After getting sopped in the water, you know, like getting pushed over, coming out of her pocket, probably getting dug into the sand in the beach, right? He's going, walking along, finds her phone, <laughs> is able, puts it in rice, turns it on and sees all her pictures in her contacts and contacts her and says, do you want this wow. phone back? So like, 10 did she have later, like one of those life proof cases on it or no, something? It was just a phone. Yeah. Like an iPhone was I? It was an iPhone. No case. No, no case, case on an iPhone. That is amazing. I know. Yeah. Shout out to Apple. Yeah. Even though I hate Apple with their iTunes shit. <laughs> Dave, um, he had his in a plastic bag, and there was condensation when we were in Hilton yeah. Head, and then his phone was ruined. Yeah, it, w- it wouldn't even come on. I put it in rice and everything, and it was. Wow. I was like, Kathy's phone. It survives a Michigan winter with no issue. I go, yours just gets condensation from the heat. I go and it's all it's game over. That's just yeah. so hers gets knocked over by a freighter. Right. Yeah. And, a wave. I mean and, a wave of the freighter. And, like you're, and yours, up. you you put it in your pocket in I, a no, plastic bag. Yeah, no, it was it, in a plastic yeah, no, bag. It, it. it was in a plastic bag in our bag on the beach. Ziploc. So it was just like sweat from the ziploc. Yeah. Wow. Like that was it. And there it was like working, no yeah. puddle of water, nothing, just condensation. And there's the nothing worse than losing your phone. Being on vacation. Do you agree? You know, I used to not think that, but now, because we do so much with our phones, it is. It would be a major, major deal yeah. to lose well, it. Well, when you think about it, uh, we were talking about uh, somebody said that your phone is like your TV is a dumber version of your phone. Right. And when you think about it, like I use my phone, like every day I get on my phone and during lunch at work, I'm at UDF, I watch TV on my phone. Mm-hmm. 
You know, and it's like yep. you have, I've, I've got notes on there and everything. Yeah, I was saying yep. how dumb your TV is because on your phone you can like text and get calls and you can watch YouTube videos and whatever else, yeah. but all your TV done, does is just show you movies mm-hmm. or whatever. Yep. Like, it, Game of even Thrones. If, even if it's Game a smart TV. Yeah, but you can watch it on your phone. You can, yeah. With you want to get into Go. Game of Thrones, don't you? No, we, we can talk about that. <laughs> we can talk about it towards the end. <laughs> yeah. So while you're a kid and you're like, um, you know, going through all your fossils and figuring out what they are and entering science contests. Like, when did you start collecting Star Wars stuff? Because you have a giant oh, Star Wars yeah, collection. Yeah, that's, that's the thing I want to talk yeah, about. Dave's super I'm a about super this. fan of Star Wars. Um, so here's my story. Uh, when I started playing hockey, I was like 15. And uh, my parents couldn't afford to play ice hockey. So I, I had roller hockey skates and there was a... There was a team at my school of guys. They would play another team at my school. I went to Oak Hills. And actually, I was at Delhi Junior High when this happened. I was probably like 14 or 15. And they would play roller hockey every Sunday at Delshire Elementary School in the big parking lot. They would bring goals. And uh, one of the kids' dads would ref, and we'd play hockey. Well, the team that I got to be a part of, they called themselves the Jedis. And like I growing up, I was a super fan of of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember watching uh, Episode One, A New Hope, you know, Episode Four, whatever. That to was me, bad. You're, you're not, you're not a Star. To you're me, not a it's Star the Wars real fan. Episode One because it was out before anything was out. So watching A New Hope, you see, you know, going through the sand dunes and all that, and like my favorite were the Jawas, mm-hmm. and so you know that that was a big thing. Well, one of the kids on our team, he had a lot of Star Wars figures like his collection was you know he would we would go to the flea market and he would like try and buy stuff in the boxes he would get figures in their cases the original cards you know there was all the rumors back in the day of like them overdoing the cards and like burying them do you remember when that shit came out they had a video where they had buried a bunch of unopened star wars figures in a a, a field in ohio do you remember this i've never heard this. are you serious oh you gotta google it there's actually a video on youtube of these guys coming in with bulldozers to dig up and find these figures did they find them no because it doesn't exist it doesn't but it was a rumor and well, they, they might, went on with that rumor was not the yeah right so place. it was just you know it was Star Wars was crazy back then, oh, yeah. you know, and it's like, so that's, that was my story, like playing for the Jedis, you know, we had one kid on our team, every time he would score a goal, he would do the sand, the sand people celebration, arr, arr, yeah, arr, yeah. Arr. Yeah, yeah, exactly, he yeah. put a stick above his hand mm-hmm. and do that, going back to the bench, and it was just phenomenal, so, like, when I got to know you a little bit, you talked about your Star Wars figures, mm-hmm. you know, and your son, he likes to bust your chops on it. And I, I'm like, dude, you don't even know. Like kids these days don't understand what it's like to collect baseball cards, what it's like to collect Star Wars figures, what it's like to collect anything, you know, because everything they collect is virtual. Like, uh, I need that new Fortnite skin. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not going with you. Or when even Fortnite, like buying songs on iTunes. Buying songs mm-hmm. on iTunes. Like we had to buy tapes. I remember, mm-hmm. you know, so it's like. VCR tapes, like to record So stuff. like your collection, what's the most expensive thing you have? Like what, what, what in your collection is your prize piece? Like I know like they would have like Darth Vader with the red saber or the blue saber, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a few, uh, Power of the 1985 Power of the Force figures that come with the coin. Do you remember what I'm know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Well, I know I was driving at the time because I remember I drove to Children's Palace on Corrine Avenue. You remember that? It yeah. was right next yeah. to Cross County yeah. Highway. Yeah. And it was actually one uh by Champions uh up there by Bally's Fitness. 
Okay. That used to be a children's palace right back okay. there. Okay. I, I think it's a mattress store now. Yeah, yeah. Just like everything else is a mattress store yeah, on the West Side. Everywhere. Yeah. yeah. So, you can need a new bed. <laughs> so, We're sleeping well on the West Side. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So my friend and I drove up there and I don't know why we went in. I don't maybe to buy Star Wars figures. I don't know. Because it's a toy place, bud. We all like to shop for toys. Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah that's what it, it is. So you could be twenty. You go into a toy. You go into Target right I, now at thirty-five. You're going down the maybe toy I, aisle. You could, you could be supposed to be looking for a job, and then your sister give you up that you're looking at uh, finger skateboards at Toys R Us. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> no, She's I was like getting a, a job application okay. and yeah. browsing yeah. the fingerboards. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's <laughs> right up there. <laughs> but right. anyway. Yeah, so, so so they so, had coins. So you went into the So we went palace. in there and they had they had some some of the figures and I thought because I'd always hear people saying you should keep the toys and keep them on the card. This was in nineteen eighty five? Eighty eight. 88. So, and those were figures were like three years old at the time. They were basically giving them away because by 1988, Star Wars was so uncool. No one cared about Star Wars anymore by the late 80s. Really? Oh, yeah. Well, it came out in 79, right? The first? 77. The first. Oh, okay. And then the last one was 83. Okay. Of the original trilogy. So, I bought, I don't know, four of them. I'd have to go back and look. I'd remember them if I'd seen them, but I think it was three or four of them. In a uh, C3PO collector case. Yeah, I, paid, I had that one. I I paid two ninety for that. I could probably that's still I left it in the in the shrink wrap and the packaging. This this the C3PO case. You still have it right I now. I still have it right in now in the shrink wrap. In the, the original wrap. wrapping. In the original wrapping, dude, that's amazing. It's I could probably get a few hundred for that easily. Easily, um, they had a Darth I, Vader one too. I think. Yes, I, I have that. that but I had the Darth Vader. Yeah, I have that, but funny thing is about that one it's yeah. loose and when i was we were moving over to our new house i yeah. had in the back of the truck and in, in the box that that it was in it flew out of the back of the truck oh, and la no. landed in the middle of the road oh dude it ended up being okay the way it landed it just got a couple scratches in it no yeah. big deal he used the force but yeah, yeah. still but uh those it, things it survived. just memories so so those figures you actually bought they're not collectors that you bought from no collector I bought, I you paid, bought those yourself i think i paid a dollar 79 each for them how much are they worth now uh the luke the luke skywalker you have the luke skywalker Stor with the coin. Luke skywalker stormtrooper on the with the coin which is one of the most sought after figures does it have a removable helmet yes <laughs> I've is, seen isn't that. Isn't he can, holding the helmet on the I'm card? I'm so geeking out. Right yeah, on the yeah, card. Yeah, I've on the seen. Card. I've seen that one go for like seven hundred. That's a lot, dude. It and it might it might be a little that's, more, a little less. That's awesome. And it's in. I mean, the, the card's a little. I just when I got home, I just threw them in a box. Yeah, and they stayed in there for years. Yeah. What's crazy is though, like when you're a kid to keep that stuff in mint condition, like I've had toys, even as an adult, I'll buy toys. You can see around the basement, I've got some Ninja Turtle figures and stuff. And mm -hmm. you open that stuff up, you know, like you don't think to keep it in its box. So like, I'm always fascinated by people that think to keep it in a box. Where you're did your dad collect things yeah. like that or so or is are you like a first timer like you're a first guy in your family that to might, understand to know to keep them on the cards like just from listening to people say 
Yeah, I was the first person. So somebody yeah. told you when you were at that age? I remember to... hearing it somewhere, somewhere or seeing something on TV or reading something. How old were you at the time? So this was 88. How old were you? I was 16. 16. Yeah, so you're not going to pull them out. It might have even been them. 89. Is 88 or 89? No, yeah. actually it would have been 89 because I didn't start driving till. But at 16, you're not going to get your Star Wars figures out and play with them. You know, when I no. got Star Wars figures, I was like... I played with them until I was 15. Yeah, I was like five or six. <laughs> and so, yeah, we actually, it's a funny story. Me and my buddy, Dave Willis, he was my childhood friend growing up. We used to play G.I. Joe's a lot. So I was more into G.I. Joe's than anything. Mm-hmm. And we were like, I was driving at the time. We tried to play G.I. Joe's again at his house. <laughs> so I drove over his house. I was spending the night. We were hanging out. You know, at this time we were in high school, probably going to parties and stuff. But it was like during the day we were bored of shit. So we got out all the G.I. Joe's and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> play G.I. Joe's. I'm in sound effects and everything. We're mm-hmm. having a full on battle. It just it wasn't the same, but that's <laughs> the thing I think same. that's the thing I think that kids nowadays don't really get to enjoy. Yeah, because everything's virtual. You know, and you don't you go I'll walk through the toy aisle occasionally when I go into a store and still you, Yeah, still. Do you there buy might, stuff? Like do you see Star Wars things that it, the last grab star, your interest? Yeah, the last Star Wars toy that mm-hmm. I bought was um the character that Emile Clark played in the solo movie. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her name right offhand right Amelia now. Emilia Clark was in that movie? Yeah. I did not yeah. know that. And Ren? I thought, no. I, I forget I Ren. forget what Ray? No, no, not Ray. She wasn't not Ray. Ray. She's okay. not Ray. Okay. Whoever's listening to this is knows it. Yeah, they're like, like yeah. <laughs> well, they will. They'll yeah. tell us. Yeah, they'll yep. text us later. Yeah, they'll, they'll text yeah. us or comment. That's what always happens. But I bought the uh little three three and three quarter figure and then i bought the 12 inch doll just because she was my she's so popular with game of thrones no also. not because of game of thrones i just thought she was so sexy in that movie too oh yeah oh yeah she's sexy now. She, she's she's one of my favorite actresses yeah i could her see and, her and reese witherspoon yeah game There's of thrones she did a phenomenal job in that coming out of the fire yeah yeah yes that's <laughs> yes we were just talking about that last night we were. Two times she came out of the fire with the dragon eggs, and then, and then out of that. After she, building. we actually were talking about that last night because he was like, "Is the Dothraki still around?" I'm like, "Yeah, the Dothraki is one of her two giant armies." Mm-hmm. I was like, "Remember when she murdered them all by burning them all up in the building?" He's like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." Yeah, there was some very awesome points in that series so far. Mm-hmm. That yeah, re- like the red wedding. Those things. Man, yeah. yeah, that was. That What's was, his name? Getting his head cut off. That was crazy. Like Ned. that was the first. Mm-hmm. Well, let's I was talk some Game of Thrones since we want well, to talk we're, about we're it into so it, much. So like, yeah, let's yeah, talk. Let's it. go. So, how did you feel about the first episode of this, this season? This season? Yeah. Um, I thought it was kind of slow, but then you know that revelation, or when, not really the revelation, but when John finds out mm-hmm. about being who his true parents are, that was. And it, it, I guess it's just thinking about, okay, now how's this going to play out right. when Daenerys finds out? Yeah. Because she thinks that, you know, she's destined to be queen on the Iron Throne. And she's already a little bit of a savage already. Yeah, after, yeah especially she, after she did that to... Sansa? To, to Samuel Tarleys. To the Tarleys, yes. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking about when she came up to Sansa. Remember when she said that about Sansa? And we were like, oh, shit. Whoa, when she was talking to John and said, like, yeah. like uh, she doesn't have to like me, but she needs to respect mm-hmm. me. And then it was like, yeah. dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, as down. soon as she said that, I was going to date. I was like, calm down, Sparky. Yeah. Like, you're mm-hmm. not murking my sister. Like, right. you need to settle down. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I liked it. 
Yeah. I thought it was rushed. Like, yeah. uh, like it was slow as far as like entertainment wise, but it felt like they had a lot of loose ends to tie up and they did it all right then. They're like, all right, everybody meets each other again. We make sure he knows that he's uh, a Targaryen. Uh, Daenerys mm-hmm. meets um, uh, Sansa. Arya runs back into Gendry and the Hound and meets back up with yeah, John. And right. then Bran meets with John. And then Sam Sam is back and he talks to John and he meets with Bran. Mm-hmm. It was like just so many like everybody meet. I'm like, can somebody die? Yeah. I was saying on my uh, podcast last night that like we have a Deadpool at work. So it's like you have a list of 36 characters, you give them point values, one through 36, and you got to say if they live or die. And then the longer they live, the more points you get. So it's like if they live and you say they're going to live and you got 36, that's 36 points. Literally no one died. I'm like, this sucks. Except the little kid. That shit was crazy. Oh, yeah. that was crazy. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Dude. Yeah, especially because, like, Sansa's like, when's your people going to be here? He's like, I need more wagons. And then takes off, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, yeah. come to the wall mm-hmm. now, friend. Good luck with right. that. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, I was, uh, I don't know, we talked about it quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, so oh. who do you, geez, OPs, you're a popular man. No, um, so who do you align with? Like, for me, I'm a Stark. I'm like, be a wolf. I'm a Stark. Hashtag wolves. Who do you feel more like? Yeah, I like the Starks because I like the toughness of the people that can live in the cold. That's true. We live in the cold right now. Yeah, it shouldn't Cincinnati be this. It shouldn't be fun. this cold today. Um, Does that concern you? <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> we'll save that for later yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that. I tell you, um, as a uh, person, um, the why can't I think of her name? Which one? Jamie's sister, Cersei. Cersei. Man, she's just so freaking evil. Yeah, and so mean. But she's like, but I tell you what, but she's about the family. Yeah, yeah. Like she's about their family and their family name living forever and like understanding. Like I feel like Game of Thrones overall is just um. It's is like a battle of your inner turmoil. Like Cersei's all, the all one the with things. the mountain, right? Yeah, yeah the Cersei. mountain. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So she's just like she's about her family and her legacy and protecting her family and making sure people remember her later on. And it's like now she's just like, well, they didn't remember me for this, but they're gonna remember me blowing the shit out of this, you know, that a church that. They I tell had. you what, I was so happy she did that. I loved her after that episode because I hated that high oh, sparrow sure. guy. I'm so happy when that guy died. I could not stand him. Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to Well, think. he was the one where they were going and like punishing people for their sins. You know, so he was kind of like the almighty holier than now and he would go like that's how she ended up in there because it was like you know like you cheated on your husband and you've had sex with your brother so now you're in here so it was had that the chick. shame episode well yeah. it's some Part of them of that yeah, yeah. okay so yeah the chick yeah. would stand outside and would be like you're not eating until you repent remember she would slide the door and go repent right. and she'd be like uh fuck you and then she'd close it and then yeah. finally they cut all her hair off and oh, made yeah, her walk naked through now. with that yep. chick walking in front like yeah. You know, shame. Ching a ching a ching. They're oh, throwing shit at her drop. and Yeah, calling her a whore yeah. and all types of stuff. Yeah. And that's the part that I think is hilarious oh. that they called her a whore. It's like everybody back in the day was fucking like they had whorehouses. Like, where do you go around here now that's like that? 
Um, it there was a place. Well, no, there was a place over there by uh, Children's House. Oh yeah, I know that. Uh, it was uh, a massage parlor. Massage parlor, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It yeah, was a big talk at the post office because you know the mailmen they know they know things. Yeah. Mailmen know things. Yeah. And, and how many times did those detectives have to go in there to get enough evidence? At least thirty times. Yeah, I'm so. sure. <laughs> They're like, we're not quite clear yet. One more time. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, continue that's to use weird. the company credit card, mm-hmm. like yeah. for a massage. <laughs> sweepy, sweepy. Yeah, it's fun, 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 fun. But who? Do, so who do you? So you feel like a Stark more? You feel like a Stark? Um, I don't know. I I think I would feel more like. Or do you uh, even feel like anybody? You might. I, I don't. I think I'd feel more like a an outsider, where it really wouldn't align to any of the wildlings. Families. Probably more of a wildling. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man I, I love the wildlings. That's You're a man of the mountain. That's that was why. that yeah. was another uh, character I loved was Egret. Who's oh, that? Yeah. Was that the girl that yeah, he you, was? John Snow's you know girlfriend. nothing, John Snow. Yeah. Hence, well, perfect. You get the cup. Yeah, you got the yeah. cup. Yeah, you know nothing, John Snow. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I I, uh, I I thought it was a little cheesy when they were flying on the dragons. You know that part was like, eh, but I get it. It's part of the story. I just feel like things are going to get chaos. It's going to be chaotic because you're trying to end this series in seven episodes. Mm-hmm. And there's so six many. Episodes. Six episodes. Six episodes now. Yeah, there, six. So there's, there's five, five left. There's five left. Oh, I thought there was eight altogether. No, there's only there's only six episodes a season. So we so have five, five episodes left. left, and there's so many open stories, uh, places you can go. Like I feel like we haven't got into uh Well, they're trying to keep everything secret. So if you look at like episode two, um, there's no name for it yet. Because, you know, before, like, you would watch and it would say, like, the Red Wedding. Okay. And yeah. you'd be like, well, what's that mean? Mm. You would have no idea. But now they won't even give you a name until the actual episode starts. And it tells you what the name is on the episode mm. now. Because yeah. they don't want to give away any of their story. Episode so. one and two leaked, too, by the way, on um, DirecTV. Yeah. Yeah. Like, four hours before episode oh, one. Oh, did they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, four hours before episode one, you could watch episode one and two. Yeah, people were like, did you watch? I'm like, no, I'm not trying to spoil my yeah. own life. Like, well, I'm I trying to live my you, best life. Like, I even asked you yesterday, somebody leaked, uh, or they put out uh, four pictures, four screenshots from episode two, and I asked Jade if she watched it. But, yeah, I don't like to spoil things. I, yeah, I, I like purposely to, avoid most of that stuff yeah. now, especially uh, Star Wars. Uh, I, yeah. I've... Yeah, that, that's another. I thing, avoid right? that that's coming I, out soon. I tell you what, I think what has ruined Star Wars are the fanboys that they when the story doesn't go the way they were hoping it would go, right. and then they, you know, they have to keep bashing it. And right. yeah, I agree. The Last Jedi was not the best Star Wars movie. It had some some questionable things done with the story, but overall, I thought it was a decent movie. But some of these guys saying their childhood was ruined because of it. Get a life. Yeah. Well, compare. <laughs> well, people compare, are just extra in general, yeah. you know. Compare these new episodes to, like, The Phantom Menace. <laughs> those. To I, me, I didn't really enjoy those. I thought like, it was a little. For me, um, I did because that's the movies my boys saw first. Mm-hmm. You know, and it kind of worked out because they seen, like, the prequels first, and then they seen four. 
Yeah, I tried which to. Which was really one to... for us. So for me, like, even though like some of them may have been cheesier than before, it's like that's what our boys mm-hmm. started with. So like for me, it's just like nostalgia of remember because yeah. the boys really loved them. We recorded them on they DVR did, yeah. and we would watch them all the yeah. time. They'd be like, "Can we watch Star Wars?" Yeah. Like we, I tried to go back and watch uh, A New Hope with Dade, and he just he can't watch it just really? because of the because of the uh, special effects. I think at that time, you know, the lasers and all that. Like he doesn't. Teenagers don't give things a chance, like to understand the storyline, or you know, like look, man, this thing was made in seventies. Well, I have a more I have a more appreciation for what it took to do a special effect back then as opposed to now, where it's just all done on computers. It's all on computer, yeah. It just I I find. Almost all action movies unwatchable now. Well, you see a lot of this going on. Fake news. Yeah, there's a lot of that <laughs> when you're going on YouTube or you like see Instagram posts. Right. And it's like a video of something going on and you're like, oh, that looks like it's just skit. It's a skit. Like it's mm-hmm. been put together. They pre plan that. Like mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of that now. Or it's like something crazy and you look at it and I'm like, like there was a video the other day you pulled out and I was like, yeah, that stuff's done with like special effects. Like you can do literally anything. If you can right. do it in Hollywood, you can make a video and put it out. Like I seen one today where this guy's got his arm laid out and he pulls a mouse trap out of his arm. It like comes out like a robot. Now people are going to see that and be like, what the hell? I'm like, dude, that's done on your computer. Mm-hmm. Obviously. Yeah. I think because they can do pretty much anything special effect wise now. Right. The story and the acting is so much more important than it's ever been. Right. And if the story's no good, if yeah. the acting's no good, I, I don't well, like why, it. That's why something like Game of Thrones holds up. It, it's, it, it's got a big story. Like exactly. What's this prequel with some great be about? With some you know? great actors in yeah, it. Too. Great actors and these people have gotten what? It, you sound weird. I just I just don't like to get there. That you go. I keep getting up. Well, that's because you're popping peas. Um. Uh, like with Game of Thrones, like uh, the what's the the uh, the sister, the the assassin, Arya. Arya, yeah. like, let's get into her with the faces. Like, there's a whole storyline there, you know. Brand, like, there's just so many storylines and places you could go. I with think this. I think they're going to end it really open. You think so? Yeah, yeah. And it's you have heard that they're going to come out. With another version yeah, taking place, yeah, taking place, yeah, a prequel. It's going to be a prequel, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, because there's so many different stories they they got going on. It's I think it's a lot of it's going to be left open. My, some of them will probably really close some of the stories, but I, f- I feel like my personal thing, and we've talked about it, is I, I think Brand's going to have a lot to do with this. I think Sansa's like, going to end up the queen. Oh, that's who I picked. Sansa. Yeah, mm-hmm. Sansa. Yeah. Not Cersei? Oh, Sansa. No. Sansa. Sansa. Okay, yeah. Redhead, sister. yeah. Really? Interesting. That, that's who That's who I picked in, like, our, like, we have right. a team-building thing, and it was like, who do you think will end up on the throne? Like, I picked her, because I feel like uh, Jon Snow is going to die somehow. Like, I feel like maybe he's the prince that was, like, uh, chosen, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but I think it has to do with the Night King, and the Night King's coming because he, like, wants his sacrifice or whatever, because to me, like... They've been saying the whole time that they've been putting eggs in there to tell you how it's going to end. And because, like, what was the point of bringing um, uh, Gilly in and, like, talking about her family and them, like, having babies and then leaving them in the woods as sacrifices? Like, that's not really important to anything unless it means something later on. Yeah. So it's like I'm just trying to go through everything. Like, for me, I was telling Dave, like, 
I have an idea of how I think the war is going to go because there's a reason they keep saying there's a million people in King's Landing. They don't bury their dead. There's a million people in King's Landing. That's a million-person army. There has to be a reason why they keep saying that, and it can't just be because, you know, they need to fight together. So I was telling Dave, like, and I talked about it last night, so we can come back to it and go, oh, I was right, or I was super wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, that I feel like since the Night King has a dragon, he's going to send his army to Winterfell where they're going to all fight and a lot of people are going to die and the main character is going to live. But he's going to fly to King's Landing and he's just going to murder people and then he's going to raise all their dead up and then he's going to have this army from the south and then this army, like partial army thought that's coming from the north, but they're going to have to go into this like million person army and it's going to be this... Because they keep saying it's the most epic battle that's ever been yeah, on they screen. Said it's the so, biggest battle that's been on screen film. Yeah. So yeah. it has to be a reason why they keep <laughs> bigger, saying bigger a, than Lord of the Rings. Yeah, they said the biggest one I ever. I never filmed. watched Lord of the Rings. Did you? Really? Yes, I watched them. Uh, they're very good. So I should watch those. And if you do ever watch them, don't watch the director's cut. Why is that? Because if you don't, if if you have ADD or anything. <laughs> They are really long. I do have They're, ADD. Yeah. Can you tell? I, you know, you've told me. <laughs> yeah. But tell they, me you can tell, too. <laughs> but they, they are. sidetracked easily. They are very yeah. long movies with the director cut. No, I would watch the regular ones. Yeah. But, uh, I'm not a big movie. I don't know. Jade will tell you about that. There's so many movies that I haven't seen that her and the boys always ask. And I'm like, nope. I like, I haven't seen Sandlot. I saw that years and years ago. I know. Everybody has. But I haven't seen it. I've never sat down and watched it. Every time he tells me another movie he hasn't, like, watched, I'm like, what? What's the one with the dude, the bowling movie? I haven't watched that one. I'm like, what monster did I the marry? The Big Lebowski? Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the Big, Big Lebowski. Lebowski. You married this guy? I know. Yeah. That's how I feel. <laughs> Seriously. All the time, I'm, I'll, am i like, text my sister and be like, I married a monster. No, you married a hockey guy who plays she, video games. She'll always and... be like, he never saw that movie? No, apparently dude. not. At least you've seen I was outside. Watch. I was outside. Dude, growing up, I spent a lot of time. We used to build forts every day in the woods. We'd literally, little, would go. my dad would take us around to like construction sites and we would just pick up wood that was in the dumpster. We would, on trash day, we'd go around the neighborhood and like there was one time this dude threw out a waterbed. So we took all his wood from his waterbed and like, I mean, that's all we did. We'd play out in the dirt. We'd ride bikes. We'd go skating. We'd play hockey. Like I just never, you know, and then at night you would come in and it was, you'd go to bed. You know, mm-hmm. so, so since late. you're talking about like all the things you did when you were growing up, uh-huh. like John, I seen some pictures of you on a swim team on your Instagram. Yeah. Did uh-huh. you play like a lot of sports growing up? I played uh, bas- basketball, baseball. Wait, when what? I was younger. You played basketball? I did play basketball. Then why did you give Liam all the crap when about playing basketball you used to say I, all the time why, to me, like why I, are you playing basketball i'm like dude well, he loves it and he's good at it well i quit after junior high because i didn't like it oh you didn't well i had a lot of um did you get playing time i did play i was on I the think a that's team a, i think that's important i did get quite a bit of playing time i had uh bad knees i had osgood schlatter oh yeah and so my knees always hurt really um and i just i don't know i just wasn't a big fan of basketball uh-huh. and then the swim coach. So were you more a fan of, because you swam, obviously, more a fan of individual sports where it's based on your performance and not I think I became. Teams? I think I became more that way uh-huh. later on. I right. played I played baseball, too, from forever, and I played my first two years of high school. And really? 
Yeah, but I freaking can't stand baseball now. No. I haven't watched a baseball game in 25 yeah. years. I'm with well, you I did there. go to the Red Stadium once a couple years ago, uh-huh. and I was bored out of my mind. I could not wait for that game. Did you game buy the end. tickets, or did you get them for free? Uh, I did not buy them with my own money. There you go. <laughs> I would not <laughs> That's pay how we money. go. We'll go if they're free. That's it. I, will. I get them from ArtsWave. I donate yeah. to ArtsWave, so then you get two free Reds yeah. tickets. Okay. If it's yeah. free, it's for me. I Unless would. it's Cyclones. Like, we'll pay for that. But, but getting back to the swimming uh-huh. – um, my in uh gym class we would go to uh you know have swim and uh that's we, weird we, we did so, indoor so pool. when i was in school like we never had to swim no we we had to swim in junior in uh, junior think, high me too i wonder how that high. felt yeah. like you had to for do some of the kids like if you're a like, fat kid you know you'd like be half like half a semester did you have to do it too it was like 10 weeks of swimming we would do it just like a week at a time uh-huh. and i don't remember exactly what we do but but apparently the swim coach saw me swimming and saw talent and he yeah. recruited me my fr- freshman year and that was a big a big leap uh-huh. for me to do that you know cuz the only thing i had done my whole life was baseball and basketball and my parents were unfamiliar with swimming, swimming. had no right. idea what it was all about yeah well you got to get up and practice at 5, five in the morning yeah. And uh I'll never forget first practice I showed up was weightlifting. I had never lifted weights before. Uh-huh. So I show up in there and didn't know anybody. Right. So I go in there and lift weights and the next day I had to go home from school because I was so sore and couldn't move. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. And uh but I I ended up doing pretty well with swimming. Uh ended up being on state qualifying uh relays and and uh it was i tell you it was i'm really grateful to that coach coach ray house for recruiting me um because it it really set the stage for the rest of my life as far as my health and athleticism really and, yeah. yeah he really taught you a lot yeah in high school and at the time taught yeah. me you know swimming is i i will always say i can get through anything because there is nothing harder than swim practice. Really? I, agree, I agree with that. When I was in junior high, um, I joined the swim team because, um, like, I grew up in Detroit. We didn't have a pool. Um, my friends didn't have pools. I, like, I think one girl down the street had a pool, mm-hmm. and it was like everybody would go there, but it was like one of those three feet above ground yep. circle pools, mm-hmm. so it was like nothing fancy. And I didn't know how to swim. Like, uh, we had a cottage out at Wall Lake, but it was just really like we would just play in it, right? And I was like, I want to know how to swim. I really want to learn, so I was like, I will join the swim team. So I joined the swim team in junior high to learn how to swim. And I ended up uh, getting put in, like, my event was the IM. Uh So I had to, like, learn all the strokes. And, like, my stroke was, like, my main stroke that I focused on was the butterfly. And that shit is hard. Butterfly is really, really hard to do. Yeah, ridiculous hard. Yes. Because, like, the dolphin kick that you have to do along and, uh, like, aligning your body to synchronize for the ups with the Mm -hmm. motion of the dolphin kick was ridiculous, like, hard. And I'm like, my first year, I was like, I messed up. I'm. What am I doing? Because it would be like, you have to do your stroke, and it would be like 20 laps, 20 laps of the pool doing your stroke. And I'd be looking over, and this bitch would be doing the breaststroke, just, mm-hmm. you know, and I'd be dying. My I'd be in the pool, and I would be 1,000 degrees, and my face would be red, and I would just be worn out. And she's just like, you know, because yep. it's a brush stroke. Like, 
can I do that? Like, can I get two laps of that? Right. And it would take me, and they would be like, you're always the last one to finish. I'm like, because I'm dying. Yeah. Like, I'm literally dying. So I could only, like, yours was, like, a higher level because I only swam in, like, junior high because when I was in junior high, you can play four sports, but then once you went to high school, you could only play three sports. Mm-hmm. So I had to, like, get rid of one. Okay. I'm like, bye, swimming. Bye, swimming, yeah. Yeah, because it was, like, so ridiculously hard. I'm like, what? Like, what do I have the best chance to advance in? And for me, like, was not swimming. You know, yep. so for me, when I seen your picture and you look pretty high level in your pictures, I was like, that man is an athlete because swimming is hard as pretty much. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the the hardest thing I've ever done Yeah, by, by far. I just... Uh, but it's made you who you are. It, so that's a it good is, thing. I think it was good. And I was, at that age, I was so skinny. Yeah. and But I, you have the build. Like, your figure is built for swimming. Like it, when I see, You're also very skinny now, sir. Yeah, when I see Michael <laughs> Phelps, Michael Phelps has got that long, well, like if you, broad uh, shoulders and the long arms. I've looked at, like, my, I've read Michael Phelps' uh, like his dimensions, mm-hmm. and him and I have almost the exact same dimensions. It's Yeah. But I think he, the big difference that he has that I don't, well, except for a lot of talent. But, and seven medals. And Yeah. He's got more than that, I think. Yeah, he's yeah. got way more than that. He got but that one year, right? He, he can actually hyperextend his knees. Oh. So when he kicks, oh my it's, God. It, the, his kicking ability is unbelievable. And for some reason, I've just... All, my swimming is all arms. My kick is so weak, and I was never able to develop it, which is funny since I'm a cyclist. I have really yeah. strong legs. Um, that takes us into cycling now. Well, we can get into yeah, that. Yeah, that's well, perfect segue. Yeah, Thanks, John. Yeah. Segue, but well, yeah, we want to talk. I mean, well, you do a lot with the cycling. Well, so <laughs> to help with that segue, um, with the swimming, you know, I didn't have a good strong kick, but the starts – Jumping off the block. That was your strong point? I would, I would launch, and I was always the first one to come. I was always in the lead at that first half. It's because you were hitting them squats, bro. Yep. <laughs> I wasn't even squatting back then. You weren't? But, but nat- my legs naturally are just really strong in that right. with, with that movement. Right. So, but well, yeah. you're a cyclist now, too. So but I yeah, and that I, has a lot that, to do with Quick everything. twitch muscle, right? Fast I, switch. I would, say fast I'm, switch yeah. I would say I'm mostly fast twitch muscle. I was a sprinter in swimming. Right. Um, but, yeah, so... I've rode a bike, uh, started yeah, so that's really like, young. Uh, when I met you, you know, you learn all these things over time and you ride your bike quite often and you and another friend of ours, acquaintance, uh, Rick Hoeding mm-hmm. tend to be pretty competitive on the biking, uh, atmosphere as far as the app, like, uh, Rick will tell me how he's beating your time. And oh, you since know, we're speaking about like for friends, oh, yeah. stuff, um, <laughs> That I seen a guy commenting on your guys's posts, um, Butch. Uh huh. I worked with him at UPS. Like yeah, he was one he of. He still like, works there. Yeah, he was yeah. like one of the first. Like I would say, like work friends that I had was him. Okay. And at the time, he was like married to someone, and then like I was there for like his divorce, and then he got with someone else, and it was like, um, yeah, like I've known him, and then like all of a sudden I see like, um, him. He commented on. I was like. Wait, I know that guy. I was like, he rides a bike too? <laughs> yeah. Like, I had no idea. Yeah, he's a pretty serious cyclist too. Yeah, but you he, guys all seem pretty serious yeah, on your chats. Yeah, he's more of a... Um, oh, they do a lot of chirping on the chats. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Very competitive. That's fun though. <laughs> it's, That's fun. Like, what would the drive be if you didn't have competitiveness, right? I am super ultra competitive yeah, when it comes to that. Yeah, you're talking to one. That's, I'm the same one. That's I, why I ride that, that little low-recumbent, low 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 racer yeah. bike. 
because it's so freaking fast and I love passing people so fast I can't even say hi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. I think we're all competitive in our ways. Any any type of athlete or you know, even in life, right? Going for the job interview, you got to be very competitive, you know. I'm pretty competitive. So what got you into biking? Yeah. Like like, like for me, I so just, you swam I, in high school. Like, did you? I mean, we all rode bikes. Well, I rode, yeah, I rode yeah. bikes a lot, and I would like make up my own little race courses. So that's it, right there. Yeah, you would just make. And up I never really, then... I never raced. You know, just never really had. See, I'm the oldest of five, mm -hmm. and so it was really hard for my parents to, you know, take, you know, if I want to get into BMX racing or whatever, I want to do right. any of that stuff it was really right. hard for me to do something where they had to take me places. Right. Um, so I really didn't get into uh, mountain bike racing until my early mid twenties. And I did that for about 10 years or so. And uh, I was decent at it. Wasn't great. Didn't know how to train. Well, I was, I'm a lot, know how to train a lot better now. I'm faster now on a bike than I ever was. And I'm, Right, but you're older too. You there's a lot more research out there for it. I think. Yeah. I think as you get older, you tend to research things a lot more. You know, like when I look at our boys, like Liam and Dade, and you know, you think about competitiveness and like we talk about trying to make the team and working hard to get there. Well, I think the know? thing with John that I've seen is that um, I've never. So John has coached teams that our son has played on, right. um, as well as like you've coach teams his son's played on and i think we've coached um, together yeah oh we yeah coached together that was a fun season mm -hmm. out in so, the middle of oak hills parking lot yeah yeah and i think still talk about I, it. I think that like f i've never seen our teams in better condition than when you were their coach yeah like you are a man who knows about conditioning and what it takes to get to the condition you need to be in to be successful yeah. That, is that all just through research or is that through like all of your time that you've spent or maybe even from your swimming coach? You yeah, that's what earlier. I was going to say, your coach. It, it's just a lifetime of, of, um, learning. Being I've, a savage. I've, uh, had good friends that were trainers and just a lot of, um, research and read. It's so easy to find good training stuff online now. Yeah. And I knew with, with lacrosse when i being the lacrosse coach i didn't know anything about lacrosse i don't know how to yeah. set up offenses or defense right. i don't i don't yeah. care i don't want to learn it right but we're going to learn how to scoop a ball right yeah. we're going to catch fundamentals we're going to throw yeah. and we're, we're you know we're going to learn how to play man ball yeah. and you know what we were a damn good successful team because yeah. that's what we focused on right. that and the conditioning right and that's what and, like that, and that it for me you, you know you teach those kids those skills early on, yeah. they take it to the next level when they have a coach that can teach them how to run plays and that kind of right. stuff. You know? We talk about that all the time as far as like coaches. Like when uh, I talk to Dave, I'm like, from every coach you learn something, even right. if they're a good coach or a bad coach. Right. Like sometimes you have a bad coach and you just know like whose program you don't fit in. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think there's people who are um, people who um, should be coaches for feeder programs. And then there's people who should be like, college level and it's not because their skill is so much better but like um like the other day at a lacrosse game I heard a coach who or I heard a parent who was talking about coaches that they had and they were talking about our last coach from last year for lacrosse and was saying how he's used to coaching at the college level and he tried to like um you know coach the kids like they were older and they've never he's never dealt with kids who are like 14 to 18 he's been dealing with kids who are like 18 to 23 and um, was just saying how, like, because of that, like, he wasn't a very good high school coach. And, like, for me, when I see, like, you or I see Dave, you guys seem to fit more in the, like, feeder programs because you guys really focus on um, 
you know, being able to do the basics and really yeah. enforcing those and the like level. With you basketball, need to be at. I used to have him dribble for every game. Like that to me is a key to basketball. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to dribble with your right and your left hand. And if you can do that, you're good. You know, I never focused on plays as much because when you make a play and it breaks up, now what do we do? Mm-hmm. Right. It goes back to fundamentals. You got to mm-hmm. be able to play the game. Like, let's just see the game as a whole instead of like, seeing the game through plays. Yep. Like, oh, we're going to run this play. Well, that that guy came over and defended me, and I don't know what to do now. Well, uh, let's play basketball. Dribble with your left hand and go around him. You know, yep. set and Yeah, pitch, like play like man. That. Like you're yeah, playing play man. man. So. You know, and to me, man, I think man is harder to do than zone, right? Because zone kind of makes lazy players, right? Mm-hmm. You're watching your zone. So whoever comes in, that's who you pick up. With man, you have to be at a physical level for these other players to be able to compete, you know. And if you can't keep up with them, then that's a problem. And if we can play man, then you can play zone. zone. Then zone's mm-hmm. going to be simple, right? Yeah. You know, and that's where I think a lot of the mistakes happen with other coaches is that you know sometimes we don't uh, transition into either or. Like, okay, this team's really good, but we're physically better than them, so we're going to play man to man. Right, you know, or if you say like we don't play, we like we don't yeah. play zone because the kids don't get it, but they're just constantly getting burned. Right, like I mm-hmm. feel like you were very good about being able to identify where the weaknesses were with the team, like with lacrosse, because it you know was super and you, physical. You and, would switch players around too. Like if 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 somebody's not working out in this position, then you would make the change. Like mm-hmm. okay, you're not going to be a good defender. We're going to put you on attack. We're going to move this guy to defense, you know, and that's the thing. Or maybe you're not good with the crease, so we're going to move yeah. it to the right. So it's like, you know, as a coach with kids that are in uh, even high school, I but, think, well, middle school mainly, you got to be able to play. Like Jade said, back when she played um, um, high school ball, it stuck with me a lot. She played uh, high school softball. Her coach would make her play every position so that you understood how every position works. And I think that's important with any sport if you just have a knowledge, a basic knowledge of all the positions and mm-hmm. what your job is at that position. Then you understand as a defenseman, well, attack's not coming over here. Middies are the really the only guys, and you know what I'm saying? Well, I think anything or you anything. can do to increase your game IQ. Right. Right? Like, And I think understanding what everybody's doing when for every like play. Um, so like my softball coach used to be like, I'm hitting the ball to right field. Where are you? Uh You know, and it would be like, you know, a lot of times kids just want to scrimmage, right? Because they want to play the game. But she would be very adamant about the balls hit here. Where are you? What are you doing when the ball's here? What are you doing when the ball's here? Uh And I feel like a lot of times that's not covered. And like when he was saying when the play's breaking down, like if someone's supposed to cut and they can't because their guy is on them and is super fast and they just can't beat them. What do we do now? Well, mm-hmm. do we keep spending it and set the play back up? And it's like they work on the play, but not when the play breaks down. So I felt like, and I tell Dave that all the time, like whenever I see a team struggling, I'm like, if John Walters was a coach, they wouldn't be like this, no matter yeah. what it is. And I'm not even saying like, you know, anything in particular. Like I can see a girl softball team. Uh, when we were waiting for the lacrosse game the other day, I went and watched a girls play softball. And like I seen a girl like – who was playing and she was huffing and puffing. I'm like, if John Walters was the coach, like she wouldn't be huffing and puffing, <laughs> yeah. you know? And it's like, you're just running bases. That's girl. the thing like, with you, you as so a coach weird? conditioning was like your strong point over right. everything. Like conditioning to you was number one, you know? And, and I remember those practices for the lacrosse team. We coached, we were outside and it was snowing and, 
Uh, the field's covered in snow. Fine, we're having practice in the parking lot, and we're going to work on running and um, tossing. And, there is, you know, and to me, that's important because that's how uh, that's how you become an athlete. You know what I'm saying? Like conditioning is number one. You like your cardio. You have to be able to run with every sport: basketball, hockey. You have to be a good skater. Swimming. You have to have cardio to swim thirty laps, and you know, you just don't have to be. A good athlete to play baseball. Well, okay. So <laughs> no, I, so I go through this a lot because, you know, I'm a big guy, 300 pounds, and people look at me like, you're not an athlete. Like, yeah, no, I'm an athlete. Roy Nelson is an athlete. He's a UFC fighter. He's a champion, and he eats cheeseburgers at Burger King, and he talks about it all the time. And he's a fat guy, but he will outwork anybody in the octagon. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the pitcher for the Mets, I forget his name, uh, Italian guy, I, I big, Babe Ruth. Like these guys are big and they're athletes, and so it, it you know, athletes are in all shapes and sizes. NFL linemen, yeah. NFL linemen are. You know, you have to be conditioned and you have to have your cardio up to stay. Well, and, and, yeah, an NFL lineman is all out for four seconds, play after play after play. That's yeah. what they condition for, like play after play after play. Yeah, they're sprinting yeah. for four seconds, and then yeah. that's it. Yeah, that's and it. That's everything. So, you know, to say somebody's not an athlete because of where they are, but it's like, you know, that's their, their training outside of the sport is how you decide how good you're going to be. You know, if you're putting in effort, if you're Liam in the backyard throwing against a net for an hour, and I've seen pitchers that that's somebody who wants it. Or here complaining. What? Or you hear complaining, like, my dad made me oh, do yeah. this. But it's like, because he's preparing them for the season. I'm sure Dane mm-hmm. said some shit about me when he's in the car <laughs> with you and that, you know, it's like. That's just boys being boys and teenagers being pushed, right? You want your kid to be great. I think we all do. Our parents wanted us to be great, you know, and you're at a point in your life where it's very um, stressful as a parent because you want your kid to be successful, but there's like a balance on pushing, a balance on knowledge, a balance on you got to let them be kids. You got to let them figure Mm -hmm. things out. I'm going through that with my nephew right now, you know, and and he's he's an outdoor kid, man. You know, he loves to fish, he loves to hike, he loves to camp, he loves to do other things, adult things, you know, and it's hard for my sister to understand. And it's like, look, man, got to let these kids figure it out, you know, and it's like, I can't hold your hand through life. At some point, I got to let your hand Mm -hmm. go and hope that you get it, that everything I've told you from the time you were born until now has sunk in a little bit. And it did with me, you know, it took me a while to understand, like, there's times where I regret and I remember like I was a shithead to my mom and I remember <laughs> those things and I think about it often. I remember Christmases where I threw a fit. I remember just being real shitty. And as an, as an adult, part of growing is understanding your mistakes and owning up to them and talking to your parents and saying, look, man, you know, I was shitty. I thought I knew it all and you don't. And that's how, that's how both of our boys are. All our kids, you know, Nora, Gage, everybody, they're all the same <laughs> way. You know, they got it figured out. They, you know, you were talking about Nora, like math the other day. Oh yeah. She was telling me how like, um, you should only have to take math if you like it. And then, and I said, and I said, well, how do you know you like it if you don't aren't exposed to it and she was like well you're exposed to it when you're like in elementary school yeah, and once you get engaged. to high school if mm-hmm. you don't and then she she like tried to reaffirm her stance by saying gage and i agree on a lot of this <laughs> yeah. and i'm just like I've, yeah but i know gage so like that's not helping your your cause I've, I've but been, it was just pretty funny i've been trying to um get into nora's head that there's a lot of things in life you don't want to do right yeah. She just doesn't get that. There is. Well, it was funny because she was like, like algebra. When would you use algebra? I go, 
I actually use algebra every single day. I go, I would be on your team more if you started saying Pythagorean theorem. I'd be like, mm, yeah, I get it. Because like, uh, I haven't used it since I, you know, learned it. I haven't used it again. I, but I'm also not like an engineer. You right. know, it's like I am in product supply, so I don't have to worry about angles, you know. But if I did, maybe I would use it. I go, and I said I would be on your side more. I go, but algebra, I legit use every day. I go, think about when you go to the grocery store. You're trying to figure out, like, is this bread a better deal than this bread? I'm like, you got to use algebra to do that because you got to break down the ounces and figure it out. I'm mm -hmm. like, you need math for that. And she was just like, and then that's when she goes, Gage and I agree on a lot of these things. I'm like, you're not helping your cause. Like, I know Gage. Like Gage is a Gage is a kid who goes like I take him to UC and he takes engineering classes. And if you give him a task like here, Gage, here's 50 straws. Build a bridge that can hold the most weight possible. Gage will just bang out a bridge and it will win. But if yep. it's like here's your homework, bud. It's due tomorrow. He's like, okay. No homework, and he's got an F in mm -hmm. math when he's taking engineering classes at UC, and he's just smashing yeah. them. Yeah. And it's like, it's very hard to, you know, like, try to explain that to the teacher. You know, when, when they email you or something, you're like, I don't really know what to do. Like, I'm there with him, and I go through his stuff with him. I'm like, but if I don't know that he has something before it's due, like, I can't have him do it before it's due it's like i don't know until it comes back and says right. he didn't do it and then your policy is you don't accept anything late so it is what it is for you're trying to you know? you're trying to believe a 15 year old kid and trust them yeah <laughs> there's not a lot of that there you know and it's like it can be boring school can be i remember classes i remember teachers and you remember like I'm not more of a, I'm not like a reading guy. I'm more of a hands-on. Like I said, I'll go to YouTube and I'll learn how to do something from uh -huh. YouTube. And, and it'll be implanted in my mind where I won't forget it. I'll know from now on, this is how I splice this layer with this other uh -huh. layer and, and whatever, you know, on, and I learn that just by watching that when and you're in a class and they want you to read a book. Well, and like you were saying, like, um, you have to do a lot of things in life you don't want to do. And like, that's where he and I will disagree a lot because right. he'll be like, I remember being math, math sucked, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I'm like, I understand that. But every day when I'm at my job, there's probably five things I want to do and two things I don't, mm -hmm. but I have to do those two things because it's important to the other five or it's out of the seven things. They're all just important. Or do you? No, I do. Cause they're important. That's I just don't like those things. Yeah. That's Gage. Gage says that all the time. Or yeah. do you all or the time? It just makes me so mad. Oh yeah. He will like, he just goes on and on about yeah. it. But like, and that's what I say to the boys. I'm like, I understand that you don't like doing that. I'm like, but when you grow up, there's going to be a ton of stuff you don't like doing. I'm like, right. I don't like paying a mortgage every month, but I like this house. Still got to mm -hmm. do it. Still got to go to work, right. grind it right. out. So that's the part that we're trying to push through for mm -hmm. teenagers. It's yeah. fun. It's a fun time. That's oh, a blast. If we could go back to like 12, pre 12, I think 11, that's where it was. 11. Yeah, 11, 12. Fifth grade. Yeah. Fifth that's, grade is, dude, after fifth we grade is when that. it went downhill. Yep. Once it was like that select team and it was all about like Nike, what you're wearing and just. I everything. think just junior high. It's yeah. like um, they're just trying to fit in. Yeah. Like um, I, I watched this uh, study where they had a. Um, it was like a photo booth, but it was an AI talking to you, but it was really a person. Mm. And they were asking like teenagers what their dreams were and what they love to do and all this stuff, right? And then at the end, it says creating your Facebook profile. And it was like, wait, 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 what? And like the, so like the kids that were in junior high were so stressed about the profile it was gonna create for them on Facebook, but the little kids 
were ecstatic about it. Like, yeah, say I love rainbows and unicorns. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. But when they were saying, like, what do you like to do when you're, like, by yourself? And this girl was like, I love to sing. I'm, like, a good singer. And she, you know, but she's, like, scared to sing in front of people. And it was, like, creating your Facebook profile where it's, like, you're a great singer. And, blah. and she was like, no, 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 no. Like, and so they started panicking and was saying, like, when kids become 11 years old, they go from, like, the things they enjoy to doing everything they can to fit this cookie cutter mold mm-hmm. and not stand out. So they'll, when you go to the junior high, like they all look the same. The girls dress the same. The boys dress the same. They like the same things, even when they don't. Unless they're Nora or Gage. Yeah. And then, well, you know, you'd be surprised don't. how much Nora worries about that kind of stuff. I'm sure. Yeah. But I think in the back of their, well, yeah, yeah. G- Gage is very, he just doesn't care at all. <laughs> You know, but I, I think it's different, too, as a girl. You know, I think there's a little bit of difference there. But. No, I'm just listening yeah. to you talk. No, I I agree. Like, I've, I I just feel like for girls, there's a lot of different stresses on oh, us yeah. outside of just normal, everyday right. teenagerness. There's right. also, like, how you're supposed to look and, you know, what all the, the things. media thinks you're supposed to look. Well, yeah, or the media. What's but like, in now and what's not. And, right, yeah. like, when I was in high school, like, the super skinny girls were the thing, right? So, like, the cheerleaders were the awesome things and blah, blah, blah. And now it's, like, as I've got older, now the cool thing is, like, the girls with the big butts. So I'm like, hell yeah, I finally fit in. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. where was this 20 years ago when I was in but high school? The like, girls having with a big butt. not big butts are like, oh, man. Like, right, like, I the gotta, skinny Like, girls you see them at the gym. Yeah, like when I would squats. go to the gym, they're working out their butts. Everything yeah, that's to about do all you is, see. That's it. Yeah. You know, and they're just, that's what they're focused on. Mm-hmm. Like, man. Do you still go to the same gym? I haven't been to the gym, um, I got to be honest, since the heart mm-hmm. issue. And, you know, with my doctor, he's like, just go. You know, and I said, well, for someone who hasn't been through this, you know, like you haven't physically had an ablation, went through a heart attack, like... I think it's easy for a doctor to say, just go. But I think it's different when you've been through something in your mind, like that whole connection there. You're trying to like go, but you're like tired. You're worried. You're thinking, you know, and it's like, it's easy for a doctor to say, just suck it up and go basically. And I'm like, look, man, I'm a guy that does that, right? Like I was working out, I was playing hockey. I'm still doing those things, but the workout thing, it's like, dude, when you walk 14 miles a day, come home, got lacrosse you got things to do it's like the 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 level of importance fuck man i just want to chill to be honest yeah 14 miles a day i walk 14 miles my legs i just come home i just literally want to sit downstairs (laughs) and sit you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's like dave is a person who actually like eats through shoes you know how like when you're an adult you're like oh i could you know like you don't feel bad about paying $160 for a pair of shoes because you know it's going to last you three years. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're like, oh, that's fine. That's like a $50 pair of shoes every year. So I yeah. feel okay about it. You know, but like with Dave, he'll, it, I swear to God, it's like every eight weeks, he's like, I need a new pair of shoes. I'm like, God damn it. Like we just bought shoes. Like yeah. how are you ripping through shoes? And it's like, so, so I was going through New Balance. Like I was using New Balances before because I have a 15 4E shoe, which is very big, right? But the 4E yeah. is the key. Cause those are shoes that need to be wider. So they're harder to find, mm-hmm. but they just don't last new balances. They don't let, they split at the sole. So I would get in like three months out of them. If that maybe two to three months, but now I switched over to a Columbia hiking boot mm-hmm. and dude, they, I'm getting six months out of them. Like, yeah. I actually so. talked to the president of new balance about Dave, yeah, like, and his footwear, guy. Yeah, you know, and, and he was just like, well, 
you know, because I was like, my husband wears these New Balance. It was like 504. Yeah, it's like 604. They're all yeah, the same. Yeah, it's like Just, 504s or something, shoes. right? So, like, I'm like, my husband is a mailman. He wears 504s, and they only last him a couple weeks, and they're supposed to be walking shoes. I go and, you know, you're telling me that they're supposed to last, like, this long, right? Like, he's saying, like, walking shoes, they should last you. Like, a pair of New Balance should last you, like, 12 to 18 months, Right. If you're a steady walker is the words he used, a steady walker. So I'm like, you know, my husband only gets three, like three months worth of use from your walking shoes. I go, they split every time, like big holes. And uh, he's like, well, how many miles does he walk a day? I'm like, "Uh, well, 10 to 14. He goes, oh, well, he shouldn't be wearing walking shoes. He should be wearing cross trainers. I'm like, that's what I wear. But he's walking. You know, like he's mm-hmm. legit walking. He's not running and, you know, but they're, but he said like if he wore um, their cross trainers and that, and then he promoted the fact that he could have a custom pair made and they're made in the U.S. and blah, 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 you know, but he was saying that they should last like Dave, like five to six months instead. But I, then I came home and, I, and like his box says that they're cross trainers and not mm-hmm. walking shoes. So I was like, whatever, yeah. president of New Balance, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I don't listen to the New Balance guy. I, I uh. <laughs> You know, what's he know? He's only it's, the president. The thing about it is with my job, nobody really knows how hard my job is unless you do my job. That's the like all the mailmen that I work with that we talk to. We all talk together. It's like even if you're married, like nobody knows, you know, you can say, you know, but you really don't know when you're walking on different terrain. 14 miles is a lot every day. And my foot doctor goes, that's just not normal. It's not. And that's, you're a big guy too. And that's going to, that's a lot of weight. And I think about that all the time when I'm eating those Oreos, I go, man, if I just not eat these Oreos and lose a little bit of weight, it would be better for my body. You know, our neighbors came by today, Uh our new neighbors, and they gave us cookies just to, you know, to introduce themselves and welcome us to the neighborhood. And, and that was great. I'm not going to eat any of them. Yeah. Leave them well. But yeah, he can. He he's he too skinny. He's too skinny anyway. We give him all the bad food over you, here. You I'm need, like Liam. You want some Oreos? He needs to put on weight. I'm okay with that. <laughs> you want good weight though. So he, when, he's not going to put on weight though. His, his body type, uh, even Baker. Like I talked to Baker. You know Baker. So we're, now we're getting. But you know, with football, and I'm like, dude, you just you're not. You're a mesom. You're a ectomorph, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, and I go, you need to eat like. A meal every hour, yeah. Basically, he, I, I can't believe I probably eat at least three times more than Liam. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, dude, you want to be serious about sports, man? You need to put on some muscle, yeah. and some size. He's just not going. He, he might be a runner. He's got the build for a runner. You know, who knows? But I, you know, with that, it's like you know, as they get, I, I'm just more like, just do something to have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like with Dade, with hockey, he loves it. He has fun. The locker rooms mean a lot to him. I'm like, cool, man. You're making relationships for the rest of your life. Yep. That's what it, you know, and that's, to me, that's all it's about. As a grown man, I'm still competitive as shit. I talk a lot of shit. I play men's league hockey, and it's great. You know, and it gives me that outlet. You know, the gym, I used to look forward to the gym because that was like your release of stress. Yep. You know, and I think about it a lot, but then it's like when I get off work, I'm just so exhausted. You know, and I've went I've went to the doctor quite a few times to figure out why. Like, do I need to get on some HGH? Do I need a little help here, a little shot to give me a boost of energy? Some like know? TRT? Yeah, some TRT or something. Because, you know, as you get older, that shit slows down. And, you know, I think... We're getting there. 
That's kind of how I feel. We're getting there. What if you knew the diet? If you were, no, to, that, if you were to eat a good you're diet. You're to me. If you were to eat a good I diet knew, and it would bring I, your testosterone levels it would, up. It would. Well. But that diet doesn't include Oreos. It doesn't include jelly beans. It's a, so there's a saying? very simple. You, so you want you no. want to stay the same but not no. sacrifice. No, but this is what yes. my. No. Yes, yes. Yes. But my doctor said the same thing. He goes, before you do any of those things that you're talking about, your diet and your health and, and the way you eat and what you drink, that needs to be taken care of before we think about any of that other stuff, which is where I, that's where I understand. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my wife buys cookies. We, she just bought so cookies. So, you too. know, <laughs> you, you know what the solution is. You're just unwilling to yes. sacrifice. Yep. That's it. Okay. So yeah. for me, even he'll say, just only buy healthy food, blah, blah, blah. And I go, all right. Yeah. So I'll go to the store and I will sacrifice and I will not uh, eat any of those things and I won't buy any of those things. And I even make jokes and I'll be like, yep, I was looking around, figured out I was the only snack in the house because there's nothing else here to eat. Right. And then like I'll go and put garbage in the garbage can and there'll be like three malt cups from UDF in there. And I'm like, son of a bitch. Like <laughs> I could have been eating a cookie or something. Like I have like my time of the month where I just need to eat some chocolate, but I'm here because I want my husband to live a long time so when, and no heart yeah. problems. But then I find out on the slide, he's drinking malts. Yeah. I'm like this guy. So when I was in the best shape, that was when I was running. Cause I was real serious about that time. And I'd like to get back there. It's just the start, right? That's the hardest part is to get back into it. But I know I, I, I need to, and I, that's what we made it a thing that a plan that this summer we're going to really, you know, I don't, I don't think working out has to be going to the gym. I think working doesn't. out can be just like we go outside and play a lot of basketball. Like, well, you know, playing Liam, lacrosse. Liam and... was over here playing basketball. I don't know. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. might not be a good idea. <laughs> well, no, I just need to go, Liam, quit trying to touch rim. Quit trying know? to grab the That's rim. That's all the kids. They just want to touch mm-hmm. rim. But problem is we have metal, a, a metal net. Court uh, hood. Yeah, court hood. Cause yeah, all the kids Dave, call it court hood. We play basketball back here, and my dad was here one time, and it was I think it was like on an Easter, and uh, my nephew was playing, and Dade's very competitive in basketball, so he threw an elbow. And it wasn't an intentional elbow. It was a competitive elbow. That's why I like to call it <laughs> when you're competitive. Elbow. Okay. There's a difference. And yep. he, hit, he hit Dawson in the head. And my dad goes, what the hell? What, what, what are we playing in the hood right now? I go, oh, you think this is the hood? All right, we'll make it the hood. So I went on eBay and bought a chain net, and now we call it court hood. <laughs> oh, yeah. So we don't have rules back there. <laughs> All right. But, you know, we get competitive. Like uh, Cam, you know Cam Fink? He lives right, like, two mm-hmm. doors down. So, like, when Liam's over and Dade's over, he'll come down and shoot hoops. And, you know, we get into one-on-one. Like, I'm king of the court right now. I'm sure Liam knows that. You probably told him, but. No, it was great the other day. Um, uh, Simon was yelling at him for playing basketball during the season and said, there was only one rule you had this season, and you broke that one rule. And they were going on and on about it. And it, Liam goes, he goes, it's okay, coach. Like, I retired from basketball. I'm not playing anymore. And it hit, he and I were walking to my car, and I was like, yeah, I guess if I got smoked by a guy in Crocs, I'd uh, retire too. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I'm telling you, Jade, like – he is so good in Crocs. I don't understand how he plays basketball so good in Crocs. I go, Liam, you're talking about a guy who lives his life in Crocs and sandals. 
that's mm-hmm. that's how he practices and that's how he plays. And he yeah. goes, yeah, that your court courthood is just bad luck for me. I'm just retiring. Yeah, <laughs> it was just hilarious because yeah. he was like, Jake. It was it's fun though, like you know that. So that's what we're gonna do a lot this summer. We're gonna get out and do things. You know, go to the park, just go do stuff. You know, we, uh, we got stuff for her. We're gonna play hockey. You know, do yeah. a lot of street hockey this year. Uh, a bunch of guys we play with and stuff. Yeah. So to so to get back to your biking, where we kind of left off. Um, every year, um, I support you in your race for diabetes that you do at the Indianapolis um, Motor, Speedway. Motor Speedway, right? Mm-hmm. So how did you get involved with that? And like, did, is there someone in your family that has diabetes that you decided to start doing the race? Like I started doing the fight for air climb because my mom passed away from lung cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I just always wondered if it was similar for you. Uh, well, the, this is your chance to go into the Indianapolis yearly uh, thing you do. <laughs> oh, well, there, it, there's kind of a um, couple of stories there. Yeah. There something I had to that at the end. Um, the reason I got into doing that at uh, IMS was um, I lo- went online to find out if there was any bike rides they had on the track and then found out, oh, they do a diabetes ride on the track and you have to raise two hundred at a minimum of $200. And I thought, okay, that's, that's no big deal. That's cool too. My mom has diabetes. My uncle has it. My grandpa had it. So it definitely runs in the family. A lot of our world has it. Yes. <laughs> And so I thought that's a great cause. First year, I went up there. I rode 100 miles on my trike, my mm-hmm. tr- recumbent trike. How many laps is that around? It's 40. 40 laps. And it rained half the time. I had uh, got hailed on, hailed on. While you were riding? While, while I was riding. Now, do you have a visor on your helmet so that doesn't get, like, right? Actually, I or... think I took my glasses off because I couldn't, it couldn't was just see because it all fogged up. Yeah. Um, that year is more about just the experience of being out on the racetrack, right. you know. So, so this this Indianapolis five hundred, you've been going to that your whole life, correct? No, I, well, I've been going up there. First year I was up there, I was it was nineteen seventy two, or I'm sorry, nineteen eighty two. So I was born in seventy two, so I was nine. First so you're year a I was fan. Up there. Of the Indianapolis yeah, 500. I, I was right, big time. Went up, first race was 94, but my dad would take us up to time trials and practice and stuff. And then right. 94, I went to the race. I've made, I made, uh, every race since 2001. That's and, a lot. And I, and I made a, and I made 94, 95. So it kind of fit as a bike 90, rider, 90, being a fan yep. of the Indianapolis right. 500. Right. So, like, yeah. Hey, let me. So, yeah, I'm just a huge fan of the facility. Right. I, I'm, it's, to go out there on that track and ride. and realize I'm doing, you know, my fast bike, I was doing 25, 26 miles now an hour. Um, now, when you're riding, do you ride low? Do you go, did you ever, like, want to experience the bank <laughs> in the corners? Like, where you like The banking's go. not high there. Oh, it's, it's not? It's only nine, okay. nine degrees. Oh, okay. It's not like Daytona or yeah, 30 Daytona degrees. Yeah, like, super, yeah. Um. So that year I made four, I raised $400. Next year I did it. I raised, I think, seven, 700. Yeah, $700. Uh-huh. And then this past year I went all out. I thought I want to make as much money as I can. Uh-huh. And I'm going to go all out and I'm going to try to do this 100 miles in less than four hours. Wow. So that means you have to average over 25 miles an hour. Right. Okay. So I gave it everything I had this past year. I, I met, 
met a guy online who coaches uh, recumbent racers. He gave me a training plan, Ooh. and big time. And it was it. It just it, it's more. Um, it's not really. It, it was actually less riding than I was doing, but it's it's more focused and more intense. Right. And I was only riding three days a week. Okay. Um, you really, I mean, it's real hard at this point in my life to ride more than three days a week. Mm-hmm. Right. So, gave it everything I had, raised $1,100. Nice. And I was super proud of that. All I was wishing for the whole year, I, I, I was focused on training for this all year long. All I was wishing for was a calm day because it's wind is a killer. Right. Ends up being one of the windiest days of the year. They had 65 mile an hour wind gusts that day. Holy shit, dude. Not while I was there. We definitely had wind gusts in the 40s, I would say. While you're riding, trying to. It was coming out of the, um, the wind was coming out of the uh, uh, west. Yeah, it's coming out of the west. So if you're familiar, you've, you've been up the track. Yeah. So if you're familiar with it, it it's, you know, it's kind of oriented north-south. Right. So. Every time I would come out of uh, turn two, yeah, you know, I'm sitting low, so the structure, a lot of the structures are blocking, especially on the front straightaway, uh-huh. with all the the stands and the wall. Yeah, it, I was able to fly down the front straightaway right, because I'm out the of the wind. Being blocked, but when you're on the other side, but of the course, come, I come in to turn two, and the wind was yeah. hitting me, and I was fighting the wind, going all the way up, all back the way stretch. Yeah. Um, and, and as the day went, the wind kept getting harder and harder. And so I had, I was on about my fourth, the last lap and I'm coming out of turn two and I got hit by this gust and I came, I, 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 it probably blew me 20 feet sideways because this bike that I'm riding, I've, I don't know if you've seen pictures of it, but it's got wheel covers. Yeah. And so there's no wind that's going through that bike. It's all pushing on the side. So I got pushed at least 20 feet, almost into the wall. Really? And it scared me to death. And then I'll, and I'm like, and I just started smiling. I'm like, you know what? If I'd have wrecked at Indy, that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah. a great story. <laughs> that is true. So, so for but, those but, who it, don't know, though, a recumbent bike, you sit down, right? Like you're not sitting, lay down. You lay down, you feet like forward, lay, feet forward. Okay. Yeah, because some people who listen might. It's kind of like when you're at the gym is. and you ride the bike. Yeah, like when you sit you're like there in a laying almost like when you came down to one game. I think we were in a tournament for Oak Hill was playing lacrosse. Yeah, and you came riding down and and I think Rick wanted to go on mm-hmm. and he lost his phone and all that. It, it, you literally look like you're laying down. Basically. Yeah, and the bike that this is it bike, comfortable? Would you say like that? Uh, it is more comfortable, um, except when you're out there for a really long time, you're kind of stuck in that position. Like, spe- does your neck? I would think your neck would be actually the neck is a lot. The reason I started riding recumbent is because of I had neck problems riding a regular bike uh-huh. from holding my head back. Because uh-huh. if to get in an arrow position on a bicycle, yeah. you got to get down, right? And you have to hold your head. Hold your head back. Right. And that just, I started getting a pinched nerve uh-huh. and I couldn't, I'd get to the point where I couldn't even turn my head right. um, to the left. Yeah. And so I was go. I went to the chiropractor for years and. Um, so you don't ride a normal bike at all now. It's more very, well, it. if I do, it's just like Inside. The, na- the neighborhood. Yeah. I don't, like I don't. Like riding with the kids. Or yes. Something. I don't, I don't take that type of riding seriously. And the right. recumbent you're using 
your muscles in total different way. Uh-huh. And it takes months and months to develop those muscles. So you can't just go from a regular bike to a recumbent and go so fast. When, so when these, like if you do a competitive race and it, like, can you ride both in there or is it just specific to like one type of bike style? It depends on the who the sanctioning body is. Okay. If it's if it's like U, USA Cycling, they don't allow recumbents. Uh, but I have done some races with um, with the uh, human powered vehicle uh-huh. um, group, and they allow any kind of oh, any oh, kind of cool. bike. Right. Uh, well, it, they'll 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 break it down to fared and unfared. So okay. fa- so fared would be they'd be encapsulated in a fairing, uh-huh. which those bikes. You'd be amazed how much drag is, oh, is seen, on. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, you'd be amazed how much drag is on a bike with with nothing around you. No, you know, but yeah. you put those fairings on there, you just cut right through the wind. And oh, those, really? Oh, so, oh those so guys, it's like a little rocket. Oh yeah, you can you can hold thirty something miles an hour just cruising along in one of those. Have you thought about getting one of those for I, the Indy? Well, I would if I could. Uh-huh. Um, they're hard to find. And really? really, really expensive. And you, if you find one, you probably have to get them from Europe. Uh-huh. They're a lot more popular over there. But you're looking for a, if you're getting if you're getting one that you could race. So April, you're, if you're looking, listening right now. Oh, you're looking at <laughs> Christmas ten plus ten plus thousand dollars. Oh, whoa! Yeah, it's a bucket list thing. Yeah. Just, you're just selling your house, yeah, right? I just like, got goalie <laughs> pads. Yeah, I just bought Make new goalie pads. House. But but um, to go back to Indy. Unfortunately, the the event's not being held at the Speedway anymore. Why is that? They couldn't come to an agreement with the track. The track, the IMS has, um, they have a lot more events up there now, uh-huh. and it's a lot harder to fit fit in, fit a group in. And um, they they were only going to give a date in October. In the last two years, it's been in October, and the weather's been pretty bad in october right. yeah that's disappointing so though. it's really disappointing because my goal was to do at least five so i could have 500 miles on the track right but i'm stuck at 300 so i'm hoping that they might it might pop it up eventually again, be able yeah to it might it come back i know there things that are good if there's a lot of outcry or you know a lot of people that are coming out to talk about it then you know you i'm sure it'll come back yeah it seemed like it was something fun but I, I like that. So was there, uh, did you, was there any people, uh, like, was there anybody that were like you that were fans of the Indy 500 and would go every year, but also did that ride too? Kind of like in your situation, like a bucket list, let me ride this? There, uh, there might've been some, I really, Didn't. I really don't yeah, know yeah. if there oh, okay. were. I mean, some yeah. people, the, the cause is very important, which it, right. it's a great cause and I'm glad I'll, yeah. I've been able to contribute to it. I think when you lose somebody or you have somebody in your family affected by anything, mm-hmm. you start to like, even with Jade, with her mom and lung cancer, you know, and then my dad just going through it, it really makes you aware of like research and, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. So I think anything for a cause is good too. It's just, it's hard to trust, you know, companies that, you know, that you, you, um, uh, volunteer for and, and donate to, you know, mm-hmm. to trust that they're going to use that money for the right thing. Right. You know, like St. Jude's kind of a big thing. I like you yeah. Know, when yeah. you see St. Jude and they do it for free. And so it's like any opportunity, I think to, to donate to them, you know, I'm all about it. Like seeing the transition of Fernald over the, like you said, your 22 years, like, has that helped to promote like the like 
not promote, but like uh, push you to more see more of like the earth, or is that just always something that you've always that's just, wanted that's just to do? Something I've always wanted to do, and then, and uh, you know, I'm really proud of what we've done at Fernald. You know, it's been a, a great experience for me. I think it's really shown what we can do, not just with these nuclear sites, but also you know these old refineries, these old chemical plants. You right. know what we can do, clean these up, turn them into nature preserves. You'd be amazed at the, uh, what we have living there now. We have bobcats. We have birds that are rarely seen anywhere else stopping by at Fernald. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if, if you build it, they will come. And, and that's it's, what's happening. And I, it, I've seen awesome. like a lot of uh, comments on, on like the Fernald site about, um, like it's a huge place bird watchers go. Oh, it's like a the ton bird, of bird birders watchers. own the place. <laughs> yeah, that's what it said. It was it was like a bird watching group. Yeah, they were like if you want to see uh, as many birds as possible at one location, like we go to Fernald and we go on Tuesdays yeah. and meet us there at eight thirty yeah. or whatever. So that's why I was wondering, just like exactly what you know, like you did there, because like that was my guess what I explained, and it seemed pretty close. So I feel mm-hmm. pretty good about it. So Game of Thrones, I might be spot on. I'm just saying, I'm a good predictor. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we'll th- that's what. I think yeah, Brandon's so, gonna have a lot to do with that. <laughs> yeah, so just you know, like just seeing the be- the the way you've been able to evolve uh, Fernald over this amount of time, because like the r- things that I was reading was like not very good to start with, but then seeing it now, like the reviews now, yeah, like not reviews, but like um, over time, like I tried to do a little bit of research mm-hmm. before you came, but so I was just trying to read up about it, um, and it was just saying like where it started, and then like really to where it's come has seems to be amazing so just for me like seeing some of your pictures from your trips like uh have you continued to push that same amount of like uh like conservation that you've had at Fernald for 22 years out on your trips like do you still maintain that same sort of level um I guess the the really the the trips that I do it's it's uh you know environmentalism and that is it it's important for me in every part of my life. Right. Um, trips for me are more of a, like part of an, an adventure, mm-hmm. pushing myself to the limit. I don't push myself to the limit on every trip, but there's some that I really have. Um, in particular, in 2016, the one, this, this was probably my most epic, and I doubt I will ever do anything like this again because it could have been... It could, it could have turned out really bad. I went to the Bighorn Mountains in Wyoming, and I'd been wanting to go there for a long time. Um, like I, I talked earlier about uh, Geology Field Camp. We were we went through there and we're near there. And uh, so I went there uh, end of August. I flew into Denver and drove up. It was eight hours just to get there from Denver. And I was all, this was solo, no one else. I get there in August, first night, goes down to 20 degrees, first night before I even head into the backcountry. And uh, so I go out there, start on a, I think it was a Saturday, run into about, I don't know, probably 30 people heading out. Um, not a lot. I mean, a lot less than you would run into in a national park like Yellowstone or Grand Teton. Right. Those are Busier, more popular. Right. Na- places, national parks are yeah. way more busy. This is a right. national forest. National forest, right? And um, wilderness area. Uh-huh. And so, I get out there, and 
and uh, camped the first night. Camping. Backcountry camping. Tent. Yeah, by myself, okay. next to a stream, beautiful no. spot. It would be rustic camping if you went to a campground, right? Yeah. Like Because they have the electric hookups, and then there's That's like not rustic. camping. That's, so do that's you, glamping. So do you carry a piece with you or some sort of protection? Funny you, funny you say that. Yeah. That same day. A piece. I was... I was crossing, I was crossing a creek and I'd run in the feet, you know, some guys were going the other way and I'm right. crossing a creek and the water, you know, it's coming off these snow fields. It's super cold. <laughs> it's real. And it, this creek was about 20 feet wide. And as I'm taking my shoes off, I'm sitting down, I look to my left and there's a gun sitting there, a, a handgun uh-huh. in a holster. And I thought that was kind of strange. I'm like, why, you know, someone's carrying a gun out here. They must have like set it down to put their shoes back on after and crossing the creek left it there. and just left it there. So didn't realize did you it. Pick it up? No, I didn't touch it. Really? No, I. That guy backtracked trying to look for his gun. I'd be like, oh, I was at the creek. Maybe I it's there. I didn't want right. to put my fingerprints on it. No, I get it. Using I get a crime. It. But so, what do you do for protection? Do you carry anything for protection, or you stop it, dude? No. You're gonna fist fight a bear? Yeah, a bear. You're I'm not a worried snap about for a bear. I'm not worried about black bears. Yeah, no, I heard black bears. Are there are really no gri- there's no grizzly bears Grizzlies in the bighorns. If yeah. I was in the bighorn mountains, what I about would... a lion, like a mountain lion or something? No, no. no. Um, if I if, if I'm hiking in grizzly country, I'm going to carry bear spray. I've... I heard bear spray doesn't work that great. <laughs> no, bear... did you ever see the video bear... of that guy with his arm hanging out? Bear spray is like, way better than a gun. <laughs> what? Unless you're carrying a big ass freaking huge but if you carry four, a gun for magnum it, you or got something it you got food for the year no <laughs> no you're just gonna piss the bear off if you <laughs> right. yeah you don't want to miss no i you know i i don't have a problem with anyone carrying a gun uh-huh. if they feel like they need to right i don't feel like i need to yeah it's that's just, good it's just extra weight well to be that confident in your uh abilities to uh, your survival survival abilities well, out there i'm not even sure if it's about survival like so, for instance, uh-huh. I went to Louisiana with my friend, and um, <laughs> her thing was she needed to see an alligator. She absolutely needed to see an alligator. Like live. A live mm-hmm. alligator, like out in the wild. And um, we never saw one, ever. And she had this whole idea about going to Walmart and getting a fishing pole and chicken and, like, launching it in like she's seen on shows. <laughs> so then we pulled down, like, this... Uh, like sort of like driveway thing and you had to stop and only ATVs could go past that point. You had to leave your car and there was swamps on both sides of us. And she was scared to death to get out. And she goes, she goes, okay, well, if we get out and there's an alligator, just make sure you zigzag because then they can't get you if you zigzag. And I go, I just have to run faster than you. So it's like, (laughs) that was it. So it's like, I'm not confident in my survival ability, but I was confident in my ability to run faster than her. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, you can zigzag all you want. I just need to outrun you. And then that's it. Yeah. I've, I've heard that. That's the thing. If you go with a group, just be the fastest one. You have nothing to worry about. So, well, you'd be faster than me. So yeah, it'd be a good one to take. (laughs) (laughs) Me? But, but yeah, that, that trip. uh, So the next day. I've ran into two guys that were on ATVs. I went left the trail left the wilderness area. You were by yourself, right? I was by myself. Right, by yourself. Left the wilderness area, and it. Um, I ran into some guys on ATVs, and because the trails were all crisscross, and I got I didn't get lost, but I was trying to. I couldn't figure out where I needed to go, and so they helped me out. But after that, I went three days without seeing another person. Um, almost lost my map one day, which would have been really bad. 
probably could have gotten back if I backtracked. But so I, it was April, like when you went on this trip. Does she worry about things? She doesn't like it. And I'll she give her. Like I'll tell her when I'll I, where I'm going. You give her who like, to call if okay. uh, if I'm not if I don't call her by a certain date. Uh-huh. Um, and then that's about it. Yeah. But so she's prepared to not hear from you for days. Yeah. But it's you know especially now with our continuous ability to be able to communicate with people it's really weird to be out unconnected for that long right i heard it's good though it's like therapeutic it is just good to be away it's very like, good i was thinking about it actually today because i was listening to a podcast uh while i was carrying mail and they were talking about that and the guy on the podcast was talking about you know how therapeutic it was just to be out there in the wilderness no phone disconnected mm-hmm. from society and it's almost like a reset it's it, it, what's re- really weird, especially after you're out there for a, you know, you're getting on your second or third day mm-hmm. and you haven't seen anyone. It's like, you kind of hope, hope you see somebody. Oh yeah. You, you know, I got, so I got to the tent a couple nights or got to the camp a couple nights later and there was a tent set up and I thought, sweet. I'll have someone that I could talk, talk to. to that. Bullshit, yeah. Uh, no one was there. <laughs> so I don't know. I didn't go look in the tent. Maybe they were dead inside of it. It might have just been set up by an outfitter to to store gear. Just, yeah. Um, but that was kind of weird. So what do you take, like, on this trip? Do you have a backpack, obviously, camping food-wise? Do you? That's my biggest problem is because I eat so much. I, I, I usually have more weight in food than I do. So what do you gear. eat, like, out there? Is it just, like, protein bars and shit like that? Like, quick and easy yeah, stuff? Yeah, I'll take Cliff, Cliff Bars, um, Slim Jims. I do oatmeal in the mornings, peanut butter, uh, freeze-dried. Um, I started mixing, like, energy drinks in with my water uh, just because I found that I wasn't eating enough. Like and the little powder yeah. additives that you can add? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't eat enough while I'm hiking, so if I'm, like, drinking. So how I, do you know? Like, you know, how, how would you know if you're not eating? Because I start, bon- start bonking. Or? You don't want to bonk. So your What's blood sugar gets really low and you just have no energy at all. Okay. It's like a naked and afraid scenario where those guys mm-hmm. are just, like, laying around. Like, yeah. How you, you and think and you I'm naked. Um, hell no. Why? <laughs> I can't go that long without eating. 21 days. I uh, couldn't do that. Killing stuff and stuff like that. Having no, I, I would have, I have no desire to do that. Right. I just, uh, like I said, for me, it's, it's, it's almost like an athletic event. It's like right. my, you're testing yourself. Yeah. Basically to see, and, like, and I don't want I really testing myself to see how long I can go without eating or eating almost nothing. That just has no appeal to me at all. Right. I want to go, you want to go because have a good they're time. they're going and staying in one place, right? right. And you, want I want to see it all. Yeah. Um, you know, while I was out there, I you know, the last day I climbed the highest peak in the range, Cloud Peak, thirteen thousand foot peak. Did Luckily, you take a picture up there. I think you did. I right? did. Luckily for that, there was a couple guys I camped next to that night, and one of them went up there with me. Which to do something like that, you're really dumb to do solo especially if something happened if yeah. something happened i mean it's fine i think if there's a, an established trail and you know there's going to be people but there's no established route up this uh, mountain so if this guy and, wouldn't have went with you would you have went still i probably still would have done it <sighs> but you know no because you're hike you're going up these things and a lot of these rocks will shift on you oh yeah if your foot 
gets caught between these rocks, you're in the, what was that, that dude, 129 hours or that, that oh, yeah. dude, that Where dude that got stuck in the slot canyon. Off. Yeah. Have you watched that free solo? I have not seen that yet. It's on YouTube. I saw rock. I, he climbed. Uh, I don't know where it's uh, El Capitan. El Capitan. I want to see. It. I'm right. real familiar. Yeah. I'm real familiar with it. But I, I saw him when he was on uh, 60 Minutes, and my oh. hands were sweating just watching oh, him dude. on 60 Minutes. There's some guys I follow on Instagram, like those uh, Russian dudes who like climb up and they'll like hang, hang on off one a building hand. like a skyscraper. Yeah, they'll, like the one dude was in Tokyo at that little peak, that mm. little point, and mm-hmm. he was up there, literally one hand on the very tippy top of the peak and two feet was all the space he had, and well, he was or, up above the whole city. What about no. those, gu- the girls? <laughs> yeah. Like, the guy is holding on and, like, dangles them yeah, over the side? Yeah, hold them by the hand. And, yeah. I'm like, no. I've been married to you for 17 years, and I'm still not doing yeah. that. Like, sorry, bud. I still get, like, there's times where I'll play video games. Like, I like to play video games a lot. There's some video games where you're up, like, uh, Assassin's Creed is, like, all based in Rome and stuff, mm-hmm. and you You'll get like I'll get I'll get sweaty palms just because I'm like trying. You got to climb this big building, and you like look down, and it looks like you'll fall. It's kind of real. It's scary stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's um, yeah. You know, I'm I'm all for, you know, I like to climb mountains. Yeah, and but the exposure. You so know, do you like, think you'll ever be like a Mount Everest type of guy? No, no, not that. And if I was ever going to be a serious climber, I wouldn't do ever. It's just because it's become so commercial and commercial with all the I have trails the, and I, everything. That's the thing with with even now. I have a hard time going to national parks just because they're so crowded. Like this yeah. this Bighorn Mountain trip really spoiled me because there's so few people out there. Right. I mean, it would have been nice to see a few, you know, a few more just to say hi or talk. People talk to someone but um you need a medium not like a super packed and not like a super dead you well have like you a, ever like did the appalachian trail i've done parts of it and <laughs> do you I think can, that's something that you would do the whole thing no one time no it's gotten too crowded oh really yeah. it's gotten too big ever since that book and that movie that reese witherspoon movie came out oh, yeah. yeah it's it's like you got free it, spirit people. well i did think you, that did you watch that since you're a reese witherspoon i did it, actually it's a good movie um, and I read the book too. I like actually like the movie more than the book, but um, it. Uh, I think that, and I think the biggest thing is killed like the Appalachian Trail as far as the through hiking for wanting me for me not to do it is cell phones. Everyone, it's so easy for people to stay in touch and communicate when they're on their cell phone out there, mm-hmm. whereas. You know, not that many years ago, you didn't have that option, and you had to kind of separate yourself. I think from... that's like a lot. Like you're speaking on a bigger picture, as far as like we really focus on cell phones and social media more so than like interaction mm-hmm. and putting them away and just having conversation, like what we're doing right now, or going out with your family to Gatlinburg and you know, experiencing the wilderness or anywhere up North, right. You know, up, up in the upper peninsula of Michigan, you know, it's like everybody wants to get out their cell phone. 
you know, you look at, they're at a concert, they're videotaping instead of watching mm -hmm. it through their eyes. Like, you know, and right. a lot of people talk who wants to see your video of that concert. No, but I'm not watching. No, video I don't care. Right. You know, but I know if I go to a concert, I'm not videotaping it. I'm watching it with my eyes and making a memory with my kids or my wife or something. And you can just, you can go yeah. online and find enough pictures from a professional photographer. They're right. going to look Somebody way better than what right. you got. Or watch a live performance. That's actually a DVD release back mm -hmm. when we had those of you know you two in scotland or something you know yeah yeah now do you try to go um to a different place every time or have you gone back like multiple times on the same sort of trips i've gone to the same places but not the exact same trails like we've last year we've done idaho sawtooths two years in a row but we went to different places uh -huh. um i've been to the i've gone to the wind river mountains what's the most twice. recent one you went on you went with rocky boyman Oh, that Rocky. was that was uh, Arizona, the okay. superstition wilderness. Okay. And uh, Rocky and I had been trying to get something together for a long time. Uh -huh. um, he's just he's so busy, and it's really especially in the f late summer and fall, which is the best time to go to the Northern Rockies. Is he still involved, like with the NFL and stuff like that? He does the college um, football, college football and stuff. Okay. Um. So it's it's really hard to get something if you can't go that time of year so we finally you know we've been talking about going to the southwest where the weather would be what we thought would be decent and it helped being pretty bad while Was we were it? there well we we get there and the day before we arrived they got two inches of rain oh so it's, it's a dip oh, was that right after you had all that rain at your house and you had to make like those levels to to like even out your yard or something and you're like i thought i would escape the rain and then you went there. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then, so then, uh, so we get there and everything seemed fine. Weather was, you know, nice when we got there. And then we go to this road. It was like to get to the trailhead, it was a 12 mile dirt road. And we get to the beginning of it and there's a river running across it. And we're like, oh, great. Now our, we got to change plans now. So we're standing there and there's, and looking at it, and there's these two guys that were standing there too, and they're looking at it. And there, the one was a local, and and we're talking to them. He's like, "I wouldn't do it." And we have this Toyota. You wouldn't do what? Oh, drive. cross it. You wouldn't cross, cross that it. stream. Oh, okay. And and we have a, a, a Toyota Tacoma rental with 800 miles on it. Things brand spanking new. <laughs> It ain't my fucking. You're like, try it out. Well, <laughs> try it out. Well, try it out. I, you know, seriously, I mean, the thing you go through too deep of water, it could get right. flipped over. That would not be good. So, um, a couple, uh, a Jeep and a truck come by as we're standing there and they drive right across it and they stop in the middle and they open up their door and then they kept going. I thought, are they opening the door to let water out or <laughs> wonder what they're doing? So we, Rocky walks up, he takes his shoes off, he walks out there, and it's actually, it wasn't as deep as we thought. There was one point that it got almost to his knee, but most of it was like ankle deep. So he's like, we're doing it. So we drove across, and it wasn't bad at all, but, man, it was sketchy. It, I'm glad Rocky was there because when it comes to that type, I, I'm not real big into taking chances, especially if it's going to cost me a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. so uh, and then it took us, over an hour to drive 12 miles on this road it was really rutted out and 
So this Toyota you rented was four by four, I take it? It was actually, I think it was just two wheel drive, but it was set up. It had real high clearance. Okay. But we, yeah. we didn't have any problems, but man, oh, okay. I, we put about 20,000 miles worth of, with a wear and tear, wear and tear on, and, and yeah. you know, and right. 24 miles. Right. <laughs> so, so like when, when you've gone back to multiple places over time, like, um, do you see the effects of climate change on those locations or even during the 22 years that you've been at Fernald? Like, have you seen a difference with how everything's changing? Like, uh, we always see, um, pictures from like Alaska with the Inuits and like the ice melting and it being closer and then the bears mm-hmm. coming in more. Like, do you see that on your trips? Like the effects of climate change or. Yeah. Cause some people don't believe that climate change is real. What do you think, John geologist? Yeah. Well, climate change is definitely happening, and you can't argue with that. I mean, there's, I mean, you can't argue with the facts. It's definitely happening. It's whether humans are causing it or not is the question. That's the real question. Which, I, when you look at that fucking ocean that's full of garbage, what is that in the Pacific? Yeah. Well, I don't think that. I don't know if that's the plastic. No, I think that has to do with the ocean life and reefs. Right, and but what, it's just like um, with the. Yeah. The amount of temperature change that's happened, um, like, sped up since the, like, Industrial mm-hmm. Revolution. Like, I feel like I don't really think there's much room to argue against it. But also, like, you s- were talking earlier, like, you know, things around here were, or, you know, stuff up in Michigan was done in, like, the last 20,000 years. But this was a C 450 million years yeah. ago. It's like, um, I don't really have the entire picture to say you know, like, uh, there has never been a, a, as fast of a, you know, heating up the earth has during the, in right. the same amount of time frame. Yeah. Right. Like I just do research and hear what other scientists say, but. Well, if, if talking about, you know, 450 million years ago, as this being a tropical climate where the continents were shifted there, we were more closer to the equator than we are the, the continents have through, um, the, uh, well, it used to be called continental drift. Now it's called plate tectonics right. theory. So um, we are further away from the equator now. But when you're talking about you know, 20,000 years ago, there being glaciers just stopped right up the street from us. Um, so what caused the climate to get so much colder and not very long ago when bit, the continents are basically in the same spot they are right now? Right. Um, and there's... You know, there's a lot of different theories from, I think it's called the Milankovitch theory, where the tilt of the earth varies, um, which can have drastic uh, consequences on the climate. Um, there's, you know, you see lo- sea currents. So, not, to, not to interrupt, but yep. like to go more into that theory. So is it saying more like um, how when you spin a top, like as it slows down, like it kind of wobbles. Yeah, is that, it'd be is like that a wobble. Yeah, similar? like a, I think. Yeah, I, it's been a while since I've read up on that theory, but yeah, it, it changes on that. The Earth kind of wobbles. It wobbles and, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then uh, you have the you know changes in the ocean currents. Like uh, if you have volcanic activity, um, which usually if there's a big volcanic explosion usually the year after like the following year is usually a little cooler than mm-hmm. the year before so then you got now you got these these guys talking about adding 
adding particles to the atmosphere so to we, reflect. So we've seen that happen <laughs> in Highlander. I don't know if you're familiar with the Highlander movies. No, not really. So in one of the high, so the whole premise behind the Highlander movies is that there can only be one, and they live forever. Okay. But when another one comes, then they start to like die. Well, in one of the Highlanders, um, there was a problem with the ozone because the movies were done, I think, in like the late 80s, early 90s when there was the big like hairsprays destroying mm-hmm. the ozone, like yep. all types of things. And in the movie, their idea was to spray this stuff into the sky to fix the ozone. Okay. And it went poorly. And like the Highlanders job was to somehow go back in time to ensure they don't spray this shit up in the sky. Okay. So it's, <laughs> it's funny I, I, that you, I, I wonder if that theory was around at the same time as then. And that person highly disagreed with yeah, that. Yeah. I, I don't agree with adding anything to the atmosphere to try to curb something that we could be causing. Do I think that man is causing it? Well, we got the yeah. chemtrails, right? That the planes <laughs> yeah. Out in the atmosphere. I, I think, I think that, uh, it is, Man is contributing, but I think there are natural so how, cycles. Like if the world's flat, how does the wobble happen, though? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. You know, that's that's a perfect segue, Joe. Yeah, don't no. don't talk don't don't talk to someone that works in geographic. Uh, don't talk information systems. Yeah. Don't yeah. Don't say the Earth's flat. <laughs> So, well, we know there's mountains and stuff, it's, but it's just like a disc. Right. Yeah. It's just a flat yeah. disc. Yeah. Even though every Have you other had planet. conversations with people that really think. No, I, okay. I haven't. Okay. This was actually a. I don't hang around people that stupid. This, this actually was a, a request from your son yeah. to discuss said, yeah, flat did. earth with us. you. Oh. As, yeah, he did. As he said, my dad gets really heated when you talk about flat earth. So please talk about Does flat he? earth with you my did. dad. Did I your That's face what he just said. Now when I brought it up, I was like, well, yes. And when you came around with, reaction. I don't hang around with anyone that stupid. <laughs> it's, uh, it's. I don't know. It's just something that's like not even worth discussing. It's so well. Those type of people, so you just kind of like you try to get out of that conversation as fast yeah. as possible because you're not going to change people's minds. I think people are just set in their ways sometimes, and you know, a lot of the people nowadays they don't really research. You well, know? it's a lot. It's e- all whatever they hear. That's what they're going. Well, for. it's a lot easier to believe a conspiracy than to actually understand the science. Like right. this guy right here. Fake news. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yep. <laughs> it's like anytime you have a problem, you just go fake news. And that's it. Yeah. I, s- I actually seen a meme and it was like scientists in 1969. It's like we put a man on the moon and then it was scientists in 2019. The earth is round. Yeah. Not- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, this is uh, perfect. Yeah. Should we get into the uh, Twitter? Oh, that'll be great. The Twitter since we're. So talking why don't about we do people. one? We're getting kind of long. I know John's probably, you probably feeling like. Well, I think we'll see how it goes. They're pretty quick, I think. Okay. So uh, before I told you we're going to play a Twitter game and I was going to ask you. So this is going to be an ongoing segment that we have with our guests where we'll find some stuff on Twitter. Uh, Originally, it was going to be, is it a real Twitter post or is it not? But, you know, once I started coming across, so I did the hashtag science. So I did the science Twitter you know, and there's people who have some burning questions. Uh-huh. So I felt like they deserved an answer from a real scientist. So since you're a geologist, <laughs> I focused on geology, Bear geology with us type here. questions. These are the type of 
You'll see. Okay. So first person, she's very interested in this. She wants to know who decided to make oceans. Like why make big ass holes in the ground and fill them with water? And where did all this water come from? That's pretty easy. Noah. <laughs> Noah? Yeah. Really? No, like Noah's Ark? Oh, actually, well, I guess it was actually God. It told Noah it was going to rain so so much that it was going to cover the entire earth. And then uh, they with filled water. the holes up with water. 40 days and 40 nights it took. So we even have a timeline. Yeah. For that. Thank <laughs> you, little right. baby Jesus. This. Easter weekend. Yes, it is. This 420 whole, today. That's this, why the, uh, the the rips at the beginning of the pod, too. Yeah. We didn't get into this, <laughs> We put them on there. Holy Easter weekend. We f- want to thank Jesus and Noah. Um, next. How does the water in a waterfall get back to the top? Hashtag the world may never know. Well, it's going to know today. Because John Walters is going to tell us. So when it, when it, goes, it. When it goes down... And it floats down the river or the stream. It ends up evaporating from the stream or it eventually makes it to the ocean and evaporates and turns in the clouds. Then it comes back down as rain and then it starts back the same process. So you're the saying water rain yeah, well, is what takes it to the top. The, the clouds, like they actually crash into the mountain. Oh, which so releases. clouds carry the water. The clouds so will carry the like water. The clouds, yeah. the bucket. Right? It scoops the water up and takes it back to the top. There you go. There we go. Clouds are buckets. There we go, sir. Your question has been answered. Are we correct with the clouds crashing into the mountains? Not necessarily. I mean, just any time the water ends up in the, in the stream it evap- or in the ocean, it evaporates, and then it's going to turn into rain somewhere. <laughs> also, people. just for the record, he spelled wor- world, W-O-L-R-D. Just want to okay. help him out. Wild. The world. Wild. The world. Yeah, there's definitely a wall. Hashtag the world. May never know. Maybe he's from the south. I don't know. This one is perfect. Why do meteors always land in craters? Like, it's such a coincidence, yet nobody talks about it. John, why are <laughs> meteors attracted John's to like, craters? Why did I have to answer? Because he's a scientist and he's helping the world to understand, Dave. That's why this segment is important. Because the the craters, the craters, because they create, there's a, you know, they're round and they have this strange magnetic anomaly and they, and, and, uh, meteors are mostly made of metal for the most part. And so are ferrous metals, you know, iron and that. So they're attracted to that magnet, that uh, magnetic anomaly that's in that crater. And then that's that's why oh, they always so land it in comes that spot. Right. Oh. Yeah. All right. I didn't know that. Did you know that, Jay? That's the best explanation I can think of. <laughs> I felt like have the meteors. That, I felt like the meteors made the craters, and they didn't really land in. Have you been to a crater? What is that at? Is that in Arizona? I oh, think yeah. it's in Arizona. Yeah, I've been the there. The two mile one. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. Is that pretty amazing? Seeing it in person or not? It's really? it's okay. It's a private place. It's not a public park. So oh, it's, really? Yeah. I, what, you got to pay to get in and shit? You got to pay, oh, but which is fine. But Who owns that? I just, they don't. So I was I'll hope- buy the big crater. No, place. you know who owns it? The guy from Jurassic Park. Oh. Yeah. I was sense. hoping I could walk around it and you can't walk around it. Walk I, around what? Like at the, the top? Yeah, like around like the rim. Like around the rim of it. 
Like you can't go down in it or anything? No. Huh. You might be able to like on a spit, but just a visit, you can't do that. Dude, so. that sucks. We talked about going there. Like I yeah, thought like, it was legit. We had now, a West trip, and that was one well, of the spots you know I wanted in the, to hit. You know it was in the bottom. I have been. Transformers. Oh, yeah. Are they? Yeah, the dinosaur transformers. They're oh. just hidden down in the bottom the, um, of the crater. Flagstaff, that's near Flagstaff, which is pretty cool. And the highest point in Arizona called Humphrey Peak is right there and near Flagstaff. And I climbed that a few years back. It was an easy, it was an easy one. Be a good one for you guys to do. Yeah. So you could say you climbed the highest point in Arizona. It's like twelve. I feel like five. John just called us fat. Yeah. He yeah, like secretly just called us fat. He's yeah. like, mm, you should climb that one fat. Well, you already you yelled at me for eating Oreos. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I want you to be the best that you can be. I'm pretty good right now. Oreos are living your best hockey. life. I got it's windmill you, you season. You hike for you walk 14 miles a day. You can hike up a. Well, I walk 14 miles a day, and then I come home and eat like a bag of jelly beans. <laughs> That's or not in the good. Car. He doesn't even good. make it but home. It there is in his good. car. It's not good, but it is good. It's like a double. You know what I mean? Like it's good when I eat it because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, these jelly beans are so good, especially the black ones. Ew. Ew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we could all eat better, everybody. Oh, I, I know I it's could. It's the processed food. That's the yeah. problem. So I learned a lot about geology today, didn't I you, learned Nate? a ton. I learned a ton. I feel like I got to know John quite a bit better. I'm glad you came over to do this pod. Thanks for having me. It was fun. I had a good time. We're like two and a half hours, man. Yeah, so we you appreciate know. you coming on. and Yeah. I, yeah, thanks for coming. We'll have you on again if you yeah. come back. I mean, you know, we like to talk about everything, you know. Yeah, we got, we could do a little more focused conversation maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'll have a an an adventure with a good story. Yeah, you had be a great. lot of good stories though. Yeah, you had a ton of great stories. Yeah, we got a lot of good stories on this. So. You might not have thought this was focused, but it's I feel like it was very focused. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I do too. Okay. I mean, we're all over the place, but we got a lot of stuff out there. I learned people a ton today. Enjoy. I think people are going to learn a ton. We yeah. had a snake guy on last show, and I feel like I when I re-listened to it, like I learned a ton. Yeah. So I, I appreciate you coming. I, yep. Like I said, I learned a ton, and, uh, you know, thanks for sacrificing your Saturday night for us. So uh, social media, I, I, I found your social media. I got it. It's uh, at the Hut. So it's J. D-U-B-B-A underscore the, T-H-E, underscore hut. If you want to follow John on Instagram, what's that? It's two T's. H-U-T-T. H-U-T-T at the end. J-Dubba the hut. Like Jabba the hut, but J-Dubba because he's a big Star Wars guy, which you found out in this podcast about Star Wars. So uh, thanks for joining us, John. Uh, I am Dave. And I'm Jade. And this was the Espouse Podcast, episode two.